0: Starry skies above Don't fence me in Let me ride through the wide open Country that I love Don't fence me in Let me be by myself in the Evening breeze Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood tree
1: of uh, Mondays, my people, happiest of Mondays, happy Monday, good morning, happy Monday, good morning, good morning, let's get these sound all together here, figure this out here, yeah, there we go, good morning people, happy Monday, Good good morning, good morning, hello everybody, what's everybody doing? I got my Vin Scully shirt on. I'm prepared to root on the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers for the World Series. They're going to be the official team of uh, Radio Free Allman going into the World Series. And I realize some people don't like them, but how you can like them less than the Boston Red Sox is friggin' beyond me. So nonetheless, they're the official team of Radio Free Allman, and that's how it's going to go. That's how it's going to roll, people. That's how it's going to all roll. Oh, what am I hearing? Wait, what is that? What is that? Hey, 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 hey. Why? It's a train. Oh, Lord. Wait, is that the Brett Kavanaugh Yale University train they were talking about? Oh, no, 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 no. Of course not. Not that one. But it's a train, all right. It's a... My gosh, it's a, it's a caravan. Look at all those people. Look at all those people. Up to 5,000 of them. At first, it was just... At first, it was just 1,500. And then 2,000. And then suddenly, it was... It was 5,000. Oh, no. By the way, how did that happen? How in the hell did that happen? How did balloon from 1,500, to 3,000 all of a sudden? Laser beams in my dream. How'd that happen?
2: But
1: they they just on, pick up a couple thousand old old along the beam. way in some town. Dream. I don't even understand how this damn caravan works it just goes where the hell these people come from and why well who's gonna who's gonna clean the hotel beds I don't know Obama why don't Sasha and Malia do it who's gonna, who's gonna uh, do the dishes at the restaurants well we've got plenty of people for that what are these people gonna do Oh, and they're coming from the uh, most train, violent places on earth. Train,
0: on, train,
1: oh, it's 7,000 now, Jim? You gotta be kidding me. Where are these people coming from? It's up to 7,000 now? President Trump says he's going to he's going to send the damn military down there. Oh, by the way, are they going to arrive just in time for the midterm elections? Is that what this is all about? Because right now it's uh Right now it's October. What the hell date is it anyway? October twenty second, so we're still good, good fifteen days away. But still, this is going to be—is this going to be the confrontation the thugs of the Democratic Party have been looking for? They finally have actually a real mob now, and and, and it's going to be a bunch of people who are now turning to throwing children at at our military and doing everything else. Oh, and I love how they're being greeted along the way. They're being, like, uh, given water and all kinds of... uh, Heaven forbid... Heaven forbid any of the people in any of these towns take any of them in. But I guess you're not looking for that. We don't want to go into your town. We just, uh... We just want to take your bottled water or whatever the hell it is you're throwing at us. I didn't care. I just re chicken train midway through. You guys didn't notice, did you? Of course you didn't. I'm sure, what is there, something racist about calling it a chicken train? Probably not. That's the one word that hasn't... He called it chicken! It's like, um... Yeah, but not really, though. Plus, we eat chickens and stuff like that, so it's not like calling them dogs. I think anything you eat cannot be a pejorative term. I mean, pig, I guess, could be. I mean, we call them pigs, but pig can be a pejorative term. I wouldn't call them pig. Pigs. Yeah, they're, they're, they'll go through these towns, and the townspeople will shepherd them along. You know, none of these cities will ever take any of them in. but you know who's counting this is ridiculous this thing is this thing is the biggest just add water and have your democratic party platform in, in one fell swoop this isn't right this doesn't even look right it doesn't look organic they're picking up thousands as they go along the road the, the people in these towns are are hailing them like they're all a bunch of South and Central America Billy Jacks. Yeah, I made a Billy Jack reference. You don't you don't remember Billy Jack? You guys remember Billy Jack, don't you? The movie Billy Jack, Tom Laughlin or something. Let me see if I can find it. Be, go ahead and hate your neighbor. Let me see if it's in here. I I love Billy Jack when I was a kid. I don't know why. I, don't, I can't remember what he did. That was back in the day when uh, they had all the, you know, the, the Law and Order movies, you know, or they and they had, um, you know, where, where they they beat the crap out of hippies all the time, you know. Let me see this uh, Billy Jack. Oh damn! Uh, is it Curtis Mayfield really does a Billy Jack song? Hold on. Let me see if I, let me see if I can find it. Then you have Billy Jack by Curtis Mayfield. Then you have Billy Jack by Lenny Kravitz, which is a tribute to Curtis Mayfield. But I don't see. (laughs) They have. uh... Oh, here we go. This is it. One tin soldier rides away, people. I don't remember what... I don't remember what this story was about, but I think Billy Jack was, like, knifing hippies or something. Then he had uh, Buford Pusser. Remember him? He was the sheriff. He'd carry he'd just a big-ass stick. Remember Buf- Sheriff Buford Pusser? The take-no-crap 70s. This one I don't I don't get. I just remember people were, like, thought he was a hero or something. Had a black hat. Two First Names.
0: Blowing,
1: day, right this is like on the streets the, and the, and as these people come up here for, to, the, to to do so Barack Obama duties. Sent Barack Obama's temp hill, agency. Who's going gonna to clean the bedpans? Who's gonna uh, Who's gonna do the dishes? Ah, uh, Red Robin. Who's gonna put the chocolates on the on the pillows at the hotels? Do all that stuff. Put all them up here. Yeah, thank you very much for that. uh, By the way, that was the original cast. Apparently, it was also a Broadway show. Billy Jack was. But, yeah, so uh, 5,000, and uh, Jimmy points out it could be, hell, 7,000. And, uh, okay, yeah, they should for righteousness and would break your uh, arm as soon as look at you if you were treating someone wrong. That's cool. Yeah, I thought they were were like law and order people, but they were kind of like off-the-grid, commune-like people, you know, but they were law and order hippies. Then you had Buford Pusser and that kind of thing. Anyway. So they're treating these people all like a bunch of national heroes. And the fact of the matter is, uh, as Stephen King has pointed out, these people come from some of the most violent countries in the world. And I don't know whether you saw some of the uh, the individuals. Some of them, nine of the ten most violent countries in the world are south of the U.S. border. Sixteen of the twenty most violent countries are also south of the U.S. border. So, the remaining four are all small countries in Africa. So, what you're seeing here, for instance, in the in the uh, in in Honduras, for instance, the death rate is ninety four people per one hundred thousand. The death rate in Honduras. Individuals down there. They are violent people, some of them. That's just the way, that's just the fact of the matter. That's what they, some of them are. We don't know whether the people who are coming up here are like that, but we do know that Central America and South America are hellholes, people. Come on. Have you seen videos from Live Leak or any of these places where they just hack each other to death in the street, some of these people? And you're talking about uh, you're talking about Guatemala, you're talking about Honduras, hell, Venezuela, Brazil. I mean, Brazil can be nice in some places, but Lord, that place is Rio de Janeiro. Man, that place is a sh- uh, hellhole, hole. Come on, and I and I guess I can understand why then these people are leaving there, but we just don't simply import a bunch of individuals who haven't been vetted or anything else. It's kind of the, the way things work. And so there's a, there, there are a lot of different ways that, that, that we could possibly uh, figure this out in the longer term. And her name is Jessica Vaughn. She's the director of policy studies at the center for immigration studies. I have a tape of her. It's 22 minutes. Maybe I'll just put a link up on the, uh, on the Facebook page for you to check it out. One, Solution will be simply just to close the border. The President Trump has indicated uh, he's he's done with this. He's not going to put up with this in any way, shape, or form. So, good for him.
3: I just want to say on behalf of the American public that we appreciate what Mexico is doing. Uh, they've really stepped up, and uh, it will not be forgotten. I would call in the military, and I would seal off the border. I would close up the border. If that happens... And if that continues to move forward, the caravan we're talking about, you have some very, very bad people in the caravan. You have some very tough criminal elements within the caravan, but I will seal off the border before they come into this country and I'll bring out our military, not our reserves. I'll bring out our military.
1: Yeah, well, uh, so, so so he's talking about the real military now heaven forbid, there will be some people who will say, well, he's not authorized to do that, and he's not blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is he has every authority to defend this country and defend these borders as commander in chief. You'd be surprised what kind of authority President Trump has. And again, once again, we'll have to surprise the left wing, as we always do, as we will, for instance, on election day, when we, uh, when we rub their noses in the poop that they are laying out on the Make America Great Again floor. We're going to teach them a lesson once and for all to stop doing that. By the way, it did kind of turn on Nancy Pelosi over the weekend. I'll have more on that for you. A mob, some guys who are like these anti-communist guys, almost they didn't seem real. But if they were real, that's reprehensible too. It doesn't matter whether it's Nancy Pelosi or Mitch McConnell. It's wrong to harass people. I don't care who they are. And, and maybe this will encourage the uh, 78-year-old grandma in all of us to fight back against the individuals who continue to mob people and harass people. So number one solution would be to close the border. That's the easiest one. The president has authority to do it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what Chuck Schumer says. It doesn't matter what Jim Acosta says. It doesn't matter what CNN says. He can close the border and tell everybody to stuff it and close the border completely. Uh, he can basically go through the, the reasons why some of these people are coming here. Uh, there's, there's, there's this assumption that all of them are coming here to clean Obama's hotel room bathrooms, but, but, but that's not exactly proven. That's not been vetted. That hasn't been determined. That hasn't been something that, uh, that basically has said, Hey, uh, why are you coming? Now, there are people who are coming probably to, to clean Obama's hotel room floors and to put the chocolate on his pillow because uh, cause, cause we got to have somebody doing that. Who's going to do that? So, yeah, we got to have somebody to do that for Obama. So let's just pretend that some of them are going to come here and and do that for and, and clean Obama's kitchen. So let's just assume that that's going to happen. Still – this caravan, first of all, doesn't seem to be organic at all. It's so interesting how this is so close to the midterms, isn't it? So that now, what what the Democratic Party can do is create this image of these uh, tired, teeming masses, and and wait till the news media gets a little closer. Right now, they're too scared to go too too far south because they'll all get their heads chopped off and they'll be put on a stake on a bridge. But generally, they're waiting for these people to come because they're not—they're not, they're not going to risk their lives going anywhere deeper than uh, in the U.S. border. So they're going to wait, and then all they're going to do is take pictures of babies, and that's going to be pretty much it. And that's going to all take place over the next 15 days. You know, you know, this is going to go run right up to the midterm elections, right? You know how this whole thing's going to go, and they're going to be, and 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 they're they're going to, and Trisha, you're right. The timing of this is. So suspicious, and it just – is. and how is it that you can have 1,500, then 2,000, then 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, then suddenly 6,000? Come on. None of this is passing the smell test at all, and and I don't know how it's happening. I don't know what's happening. No one seemingly is paying attention. I'm trying to figure out why with all of our intelligence resources and everything else, we haven't gotten to the bottom of – of, of what's happening here and why and, 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 and how this whole thing went down. I'm, I'm just a little surprised about that, why we haven't been able to nail that one down. But nonetheless, uh, some of them, uh, there are economic reasons for them to come here. They, want to, they do want to clean Obama's hotel bathrooms. But New York Times, Washington Post basically have said they're all here for economic reasons when they absolutely don't know. So we need to figure this out and figure out what actually is going on and, and how this is all going to be, uh, laid out here. You can also just simply, uh, break up the caravan and if they come in a big group, we'll shut the border down. And then, uh, people are going to start popping in maybe individually. So you have to also say, Hey, uh, we're not accepting these asylum claims. We're and and the, and the United States does not have to accept asylum claims. And, and and then if people are really that desperate to to help them, then let's go ahead and have them all hole up in the houses of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and all the rest of the people who are bitching about this. Beto O'Rourke, let's let's have him open up the Beto O'Rourke. Migrant hostile, and and see how that goes over for him and his family. Let's do it that way. Then we have the uh, uh, you have to make them make their claims in consulates or embassies in the home country. So if they want to if they want asylum and they want to gain entry to the U.S. and they want to seek asylum first by going to the consulates or embassies in their home countries. So instead of coming to the, to the border, instead of coming right to the border and standing there, then we tell them, where are you from, Honduras? Well, then go to Honduras and uh, go to the U.S. consulate in Honduras, knock on the door, and do it that way yeah go ahead and, and and say you want asylum in the u s but go to the consulate in Honduras, go to the consulate in Venezuela, go to the consulate in Guatemala Gu- I'm sorry Guatemala. that's what you're going to hear too by the uh by by the news media as they talk about things. now, what's going on? These people are coming from Honduras, like this guy's from Boston, you know. Meanwhile, these people are coming from Guatemala. It's like, dude, you're forty five years old, you're white, you're from Boston. You don't have to say Guatemala. It's okay. We get it. It's Guatemala. It's okay. You're American. It's fine. You don't have to sit there and suddenly speak Spanish all of a sudden. Honduras. It's like, ugh. It's like, that's Obama. Like, Obama would go out there with his speeches. Honduras and Guatemala, you know, Mexico. It's like, dude, please. But listen, these people are coming, and it's going to be time just right. For the old, you know, midterm elections, and and there will be people who will try to promote clashes and all kinds of things and make life difficult for people. I guarantee you. the 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 left aren't the only ones who are uh, latching on to the to the caravan story. You have uh, the Never Trump crowd, and the Never Trump crowd has a ton of fun with this stuff because they love to talk about how horrible Trump is and how xenophobic you all are and what horrible Americans you are and how uh, you have no semblance to the Statue of Liberty, which people confuse as being our Constitution, which, of course, it isn't. And it's not even our immigration laws, the Statue of Liberty. It's an understanding between the U.S. and the world that we will take you're tired and you're poor and you're hungry and you're sick and, well, not sick, but the people who need help. And we're and we have more than uh, been enough evidence of how fabulous this country has been to people who uh, are a part of this world and seeking the dream of America. So we've been we've been plenty good about that. We have the entirety of our population practically uh, owed to the fact that we have, in fact lived up to the words on the Statue of Liberty in spite of laws that are strict, uh, but not strict enough. So anyway, so you have people like Max Boot and these guys, they're all never Trumpers. So they're going to make you all into a bunch of racists because you're worried about people coming from Honduras, one of the most violent countries on earth. I mean, you look at Honduras, you look at that uh, 94 per 100,000 death rate. Compared to 0.27 per 100,000 in Japan, and you kind of get the picture of what kind of society Honduras is compared to, to 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 Japan. Just just saying, 0.27 per 100,000 is the violent death rate in Japan. Ninety four nine four point seven. Per 100,000 is the death rate in Honduras. You get the picture? So there is more than adequate concern for how this whole thing is going to go down and who the hell these people are. That's that's an important consideration and something we all need to think about. But anyway, you're still a racist because you ask those kind of questions and – Let's go now to reliable sources and Brian Stelter and interviewing the ever-reliable Max Boot, who will, who's the never-Trumper who will go on there and, and badmouth you every day of the week. There you go.
4: The pro-Trump media coverage of this, the, the right-wing coverage of this, is it, is it demagoguery? How would you describe this? Oh, about,
1: gee, how would you describe this, Max Boot? Well, what do you think his answer is going to be?
5: Demagoguery, Brian. It is also, I believe, racism and nativism. How would you describe this? It is demagoguery, Brian. It is also, I believe, racism and nativism really pandering uh, to the fears of Trump supporters and Fox News viewers who tend to be older, white uh, males who are alarmed
1: about this. It's interesting. Max Boot has the same disease that uh, Ben Sass the ass has and that is Ben Sass goes on and crabs all about Sean Hannity and I'll get to that in just a little bit and Hannity's like screw you buddy you haven't done crap as as a elected in 2014 you don't have one piece of senate initiative to show for anything you've done you've sat around for 4 years doing nothing but writing two books so far that's about it and and, and crabbing about how you don't want to be a US senator and then uh, Sass decides he's going to go after Hannity and, and talk about how, oh, uh, these guys, all they do is exacerbate 1% of the population that watches them. Well, if there's only 1% of the population that watches them, Ben, why are you obsessed with Sean Hannity then? Anyway, so these guys are all, this is on CNN, so Max Boot is speaking to the choir, right?
5: they pandering uh, to the fears of Trump supporters and Fox News viewers who tend to be older, white uh, males who are alarmed. About this supposed invasion of dark-skinned uh, newcomers coming to America. I mean,
1: the- there. I mean, how infuriating is that? That, but that's what you're getting from these folks. Is and by the way, I know a lot of you who uh, listen to the show and and watch the show are women, and you're not old white males. And even if you are, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with being an old white male. Mark Cason is an old white male. He's over there in the green room right now getting ready to, uh, to uh, come out here and defend violent Hondurans. It's fine. It's okay. Just, just make sure you go Honduras when you talk about the, the country Just want, because that's the thing you got to do. Anyway, I'm just kidding. They're not, they're, listen, all, the, all those people are not violent. I don't, I, you know, and many of them might be indeed coming here with the dream of cleaning Obama's hotel room. I get it. I mean, I understand all that. I, I see the draw. I mean, who doesn't want to make a living putting chocolates on pillows for Sasha, Malia, Michelle, and Barack? I mean, that's just, I mean, who doesn't want to, you know, come in and, and do the dishes for Michelle? I mean, I get it. I understand that. And, and there has to be a role for those people. But, yeah, so Max Boot, he's, he's the old, and he's supposedly the conservative, you know. The threat
5: is entirely bogus because, in fact, border crossings have declined dramatically
1: in the last 18 years. Down, if Border crossings have declined dramatically as we see 5,000 migrants on a bridge. Well, border crossings have dramatically been diminished. What are we talking about here? It's like, you mean the that border crossing I'm watching right now with 5,000 people? I mean, come on. (laughs) The argument that border crossings have diminished while we're talking about 5,000 people who might be wanting to cross the border, uh, that doesn't make any sense. Even for faux intelligentsia like Max Boot, that doesn't make any sense. Well, you know, border, and we're watching, a, we're watching an aerial view of 5,000 migrants as Max Boot talks about how, well, border crossings have diminished quite a bit here. Border crossings have
5: declined dramatically in the last 18 years, down 80%. There is not this massive army of, of illegal immigrants, and these people are not. Yes, there is. We're watching them. 5,000 of them. Illegal immigrants, they are refugees who are seeking legal admission
1: to the United States. If you are a refugee and you're seeking legal admission to the United States, you go to the consulate. You go to the U.S. Embassy in Guatemala or Honduras or Brazil or Venezuela or wherever the hell they're coming from, and you seek asylum that way. That's how it's done. If you're seeking asylum or or what have you, these people, some of them, one woman came here with a baby who just got through having heart surgery. Where where do you think the baby had heart surgery? The baby had heart surgery in the South American country from where she came. So okay, uh so so her baby had heart surgery, is that a sign that uh that she's suffering there in in uh South America when she's when she her baby has heart surgery and okay, ready to go, we hit the road now. I mean, come on. These people aren't suffering down there. Some of them might be, but most of them don't seem to be. Fresh off a of heart surgery, you're dragging your baby on a 5,000-person caravan, doesn't seem to be uh, too much of a downtrodden life to me. What this really underlines to me, Brian,
5: is how the Republican Party has changed in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. This is something I write in my book, The Corrosion of Conservatism. Uh, When I was growing Mm -hmm. up in the 1980s, the Republican Party was basically pro-immigration. It was a conservative party with a white nationalist fringe. And under the impact of Fox News and Donald Trump, it has transformed into essentially a white nationalist party with a conservative fringe. When
1: I was I mean, growing up in the 80s is the key phrase there. That's the problem with a lot of these never-Trump republicrats like Max Boot, Jonah Goldberg, and all these other guys. They, By the time Ronald Reagan took office, they still didn't even have their driver's license. They know nothing about Ronald Reagan. They're the same ones who said that Ronald Reagan was uh, – uh, was was against tariffs when he was the biggest tariff guy in on the planet. He he taxed clothing pins for crying out loud. But these guys don't understand that because they've been uh, weaned by their globalist masters like Bill Kristol there at the Weekly Standard and the National Review. These are a bunch of puppies who have no real real life experience. Uh, and and never actually ever voted for ronald reagan they talk a lot about ronald reagan never voted for ronald reagan like i did and they know nothing about ronald reagan and ronald reagan yeah there was the there was the amnesty of 1986 i get it but ronald reagan was also a tough enforcer of our borders as well and and yeah what did did we have wind up giving amnesty to 26 million people or i'm sorry six million people yeah it was it was not a not a the greatest move because it just encouraged more people to come here but nonetheless max boot knows nothing about ronald reagan i knew ronald reagan and you know what max boot you're no ronald reagan without further ado ladies and gentlemen our national anthem Don't wait. The Fed has raised interest rates. That means your minimum
4: credit card payments are going up. Don't let that happen to you. This is James Hawkins of Golden Oak Lending. Now is the time to consolidate your debt. Home values are up, and you can use the smart cash in your home to pay off debt or get rid of expensive PMI. Smart cash is the difference
1: between what you owe and the new value of your home, and Golden Oak still has fixed rates in the threes. Call 567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37. Can't get enough, can't get enough, can't get enough of the chicken train. Live here from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. It's Radio Free Almond, everybody. DD TruckingUSA.com. Here they come, just in time for the midterm elections They're doing the safety dance I'm mixing songs here
0: I'll
1: do the safety dance song a little later on Mark Kaysen. I
2: hate that I don't speak Spanish but I don't Je parle français
1: In this line of 5000 people are you telling me there's not one guy with like a Weird-looking hat and, like, a couple of midgets who can dance around as music plays.
2: Isn't it interesting the way the two sides view this? Because I don't see how this could possibly be a positive for the left. I mean, this is exactly what Donald wants. He wants these people coming here so that he can point to them and say, I'm going to close the border, I'm going to send the army, I'm going to... All of which is, is lunacy. These are a bunch of kids and, and women trying to desperately get away from all that, that what you described. Right, they're, co- they're, it's coming, horrible they're, coming, they're coming to clean Obama's hotel room. No, nah, they're coming here because they don't know what to do. They just want to get away from the murder. And And here's what we could do. It's so simple. I mean, we couldn't get the country to agree to this. Of course, I know that. Like the guns. But here's the deal. You let everybody in. Oh, God. Everybody, that's a, bad, that's a bad start. Bring, bring, Casey. Them, bring them in. <laughs> I know. What and we'll do is thats we'll, the first thing. Right. We'll let everybody in, and then everything will be okay. And no, no. We'll give the that, kids some some uh, that, blocks. No, that's right.
1: And, set, and have them
2: watch a little TV. You set up. While a, we talk to the parents. You set up schools down there. Oh, great. You send American kids. They don't, even, they don't even build schools
1: in North St. Louis. No, no, I,
2: I'm just going to get to that. I'm getting to that you send them down there you set up all these schools you you educate the the adults you educate the kids you you get them all set to be brought in and assimilated which they let me tell you these the, the people that come on these things whether they come in in groups or whether they come alone all they want is is what the united states offers which is great opportunity to make money and be successful and grow and, and have their families and if we set up these schools and and send kids down there
1: our young people Oh we're go- okay wait 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 Our so so send so, 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 so bussing 19 20 busing, years old bussing young black kids to uh, to parkway wasn't enough for you you now you going to bust them down to the border i want to send them down to the border <laughs> oh,
2: and, and 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 i'll That's tell you That's ridiculous ya, dude well, uh, let me say listen it, there's so much research on this. It would be great for our young people to work with them and, 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 and help to assimilate them into the okay, country.
1: Mark, it would be great for the, for the Mark, people okay. coming here. Right. would I could see the looks on the faces of everybody in North St. Louis now, and they're like, oh, come here, honey. Look, look at the TV. You know what they're doing? They're building schools down in so Laredo. That, no, no, that's the, next, the-
2: that's the next point. What we do in our inner cities is criminal. It's criminal, and we're doing it right now. So, But we could do both. We could chew gum and walk. We we could do both if we wanted to. Trust
1: me, we don't want to. We need to close the border. That's interesting, though, how you say – so you're thinking that – so while we're thinking that this is the – this is actually a – Creation of the left. Yeah, I think Donald's paying the people. You, you think this is? A I think Donald's the right. rounding
2: them up and oh. bringing them up here to try to see if he can get his quote base right. to be scared. And, and, and,
1: and none of them, and none of them would uh, would would ever like drop the dime on Donald Trump. Well, I don't right? know. Why would George Soros do this? I, I'm not, I mean, well, because, no, because, because, because because it hurts Democrats. Because, no, because look look at what happened. Look at what happened at the border when they started to separate the families and how much. The news media yeah. and the left, what, how much they got out
2: of that. We have, we have kids right now in cages still, even though the courts have said to get them out of there. We, we have put kids in cages. This is Donald's plan. I'm sure he wants to put adults in cages, too, before he's done. No, he just – I think, I think – okay, here's what – Fifteen days, th- he's th- through. Mark,
1: the idea that somehow we're going to just simply take these people in and then start building schools for them is ridiculous. It's not tolerable – especially when you have people in the U.S. who aren't being treated similarly. No, no, of course we should do that. And and your your point about fleeing violence, again, there's a process by which people seek asylum and become refugees. You just don't sit there and pile people on at every bus stop Going from 1,500 – I think the – are they are they taking the – are they using the Claire McCaskill mode of travel where they're actually – is it true they're all just actually flying in cargo planes, being dropped off? Isn't that silly? Whatever. I'm just saying
2: – I, I don't know who organized this, but I mean I look at it and I I, I say to myself – what is going on here? Right. Where Somebody, do they get so you believe thousands
1: of people? So you believe to, it is organized? By Donald, sure. Okay, but you believe it's organized. Well, it seems to be. Okay, well, good, because then, like then we're it. on our way. Because the bottom line is we never even saw this coming. Suddenly it was 1,500 people, and they're coming from some of the most violent countries on earth, which doesn't mean they're all violent. means they're trying to get away. Well, maybe or they're, just, they're trying to come here uh, and, and do the same damn thing, which oh, is no, it's come fertile they, ground for some of these people. They would
2: come here secretly if they were trying to do that. They would not advertise with thousands of people coming across be, the border. Be the, that would be the perfect thing to
1: do. Come because on. Because it's, it's, it's much easier to infiltrate and push yourself into a mob than it is to come singular. Like, hey, I'm here, as opposed to hiding and acting, you know, and maybe holding a a, a a baby here and there. Do you think that the United States wants
2: thousands of Hondurans across no. the border? No. I don't think so either. Let me tell you, even the left— I think, if you talk to them individually, you're, are afraid of this. Well, you're taking the— not, you're, you actually, I'm not. No, I you're, want
1: them here. You're, you're taking the Beto O'Rourke uh, thing, which, which, by the way, he's not going to win that Senate seat. We'll find out. That. Two weeks. Yeah, well, I know we'll find out in two weeks, but, but he's not going to win that Senate seat. But – He might. You're taking the Beto O'Rourke uh, approach, which is – Sure. Uh, I know what we'll do. We'll just start spending more money to accommodate these people. Definitely. Again, it, but, but Mark – It's, it's a ins- peanut amount of money. It, it's, it's, it's nothing. A, it's actually an insult to the very people uh, that the Democratic Party claims to help. Uh, and, and, and that is a situation where you know, the, 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 they think they're looking out for the worker, the American worker or the inner city black person or whatever, and they're not doing any of that by simply adopting a whole new slew of so-called workers here you know, and under the guise of being able to clean Obama's hotel room. Well, first of all, God, I, mean, happen. I, I am working every day on behalf of what you're talking
2: about. That's what I do. I mean, working, fighting to to advocate for providing real education in the inner cities that get these kids out of cars with guns under their seats and all that, which I, I've told you. I mean, I work with these young people. I know what they're doing. They tell me they are violent, uh, not because they want to be, because they just don't even know what else to do. They want to protect themselves. They're actually like you. They want a gun. To protect
1: themselves from a bad guy. I, 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 I don't want to – again, you missed the point about why I have a gun. I've told you this before, right? To protect yourself. To, right, but but not to protect myself from a bad guy, yeah. but to protect myself from you and all the statist government addicts out there and the, my government itself. No, from, to protect yourself from me, all
2: you need, if you remember the movie – uh, uh, field of Dreams. All you need is one of those DDT spray cans. <laughs> Remember that now? Right, I do, yeah, yes. so okay.
4: Yeah, I so do.
1: one of those and you'll get rid of us. Well, but here's the deal. But but again, the reason why we have guns is not to keep from getting carjacked. We, it, it's to keep from having troops quartered in our homes. Oh, come on. It, they're never right coming. I'm just telling and they're you. they're never coming. I just telling you. No I'm, I'm American
2: president except Donald would do such a thing. Look – In two weeks, hopefully, we bring this back to some level of sanity because – and you described it perfectly this morning. Of course I did. Of course. You definitely don't want people running after McConnell, screaming at him. And you also don't want people running after Pelosi
1: screaming at her. Well, We shouldn't although, be screaming at anybody. I understand. Now, now suddenly, though, everybody seemingly is concerned about this. Now, now Ben Sass. The first time you're going to hear Ben Sass the ass talk about uh, mobs is when they attack Nancy Pelosi. He's, ne- he's never raised one damn uh, – f- uh, Point about Maxine Waters, and everything else. It's all about Trump, everything else. So now suddenly people are taking notice that there are mobs out there. Since you brought it up, let's listen to the mob attack Nancy Pelosi. You want to hear this? Problem. No problem. Problem. <laughs> Excuse me, this is a public walkway. So, they're, they're they're attacking her and calling. <laughs> Yeah, that's. The, I'm sorry about the language, but that's that's the. But you know what? It's funny how it happens to Nancy Pelosi. Now suddenly, all the right wingers, everybody's going, "Oh, this is terrible. We should not. This is not acceptable." When we've seen Rand Paul, we've seen Ted Cruz, we saw Mitch McConnell over the weekend. We see people attacked day in and day out. We saw guys get shot on a on a baseball field, and there wasn't as so much outcry as the outcry well, against was. the mob attacking Nancy no, Pelosi.
2: No, there was outcry cry when they when they shot the 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 guys on the baseball field and and we talked about it and we're both outraged i mean who wants who wants congressmen shot by anybody no does no of
1: course not but you see that you see, you did see that uh that uh, over the weekend you saw what happened to uh now by the way um first of all uh i was thinking about this over the weekend i'm like if, if you're um if if you're sitting here, you're in, and you're at a restaurant, and somebody comes up and screams at you, I you know everybody's acting like well that was great for Mitch McConnell just to sit there. I don't know how the people just sit there. Finally, actually, with the, this one exception, with this with this one uh, with this one um, restaurant, at least their their workers finally came forward and said, you know, hey, get the hell out of here. Yeah, and you know you know you know who's Mitch McConnell's best uh, defense. His wife. Have you seen her reaction? No, I, 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 of course I have. But you know what?
2: I don't understand all that. And it really is kind of interesting that it, we're even dealing with this kind of thing. And part of it is because these people are so disingenuous. And that, in, that includes Pelosi and McConnell. But let me say this. You, you know I tell you all the time. When I go into restaurants, I am approached by left people but also by many Right wing people, conservatives who come up and wanna hug and wanna talk and wanna talk about you and and and, and they say, Look, I, I don't agree with you, but you know, we love what you guys do. You know, I don't hear any of this. I've never had anybody come up to me and give me any trouble.
1: You're our Not one. The, you're a little Muppet. We love you. Yeah. People people feel no, but,
2: huggable. But no, there's no reason for this. You know, w- it's it's not you. It's not we're not doing this. We're not ginning up this lunacy. Who's ginning it up? Come on, you know who it is. Oh, come on! Don't don't, don't start. Well, you know
1: who it is. There's no, no. other person. Oh, who wait, else wait, wait, is wait, wait. it? It's not Barack Obama. Okay. It's not even. It's not George Bush. Here's here's the problem with that mentality, though, Mark. And 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 that's you just saying that basically is why these people continue to do this kind of stuff because you're acting as if every time there is a uh president trump opens his mouth somehow he's being divisive like when barack obama stood up for what he believed in it was like oh man that barack obama he's amazing look how george w bush look how articulate he is well uh, bush never stood up for for much no no, no I'm, just I'm just saying, saying he he didn't cause any of this well, trouble yeah, i mean if he could if he could if he could speak two words together understandably most of the time yeah he did make a little bit of sense what but about ronald reagan well, ronald reagan was
2: awesome but he, you know what Ron- he was our enemy i i hated oh. ronald reagan i, I right. was i was at the university of california when he was trying to destroy it because he was a mental midget <laughs> and,
1: you know and, and, and i know and, but but we didn't but, we didn't try to kill him r- r- uh, president trump is a lot like ronald reagan because when uh when when i was a kid and and of course i ronald reagan was the first vote i ever made was for ronald reagan in 84 so i i was uh um let's see no wait wait 80 yeah 84 was i think the first time i could vote cuz i was 81 uh 18 so yeah it would have been 1980 right. yeah I, I couldn't vote till i couldn't i can't remember i think i was i think it was eight, it was 84 when i first voted uh in a presidential election
2: yeah, and I was able to vote. Twenty one. I was twenty one in seventy two. Yeah, and I voted for uh, uh, George McGovern. Who and I, I always believed that when I pushed the button for McGovern, that it was actually going for Nixon. I thought it probably was. It, pr- I, it probably I, was.
1: I, I suspect. Uh, but but here is the thing, though. But Ronald Reagan. See, back in those days, uh, the. The, they had cartoon books out about him. They had books out about Reaganisms and things like that. He drove people crazy but But keep in mind too, uh, for, for as much as he drove people crazy, people loved him, which is why of course president trump is is well on his way to a second term because he he actually did better he 's doing better than Ronald Reagan. Was doing two years into his term, his first term, and Ronald Reagan won in '84 by a landslide. The only state that Mondale won was Minnesota, and he was from there. Yeah, I always
2: wonder why at the University of of Wisconsin in Madison, which is such a liberal bastion, and there, I mean, why were you a conservative? Didn't you feel a little? weird
1: about it all i mean you had all these well you know i i right before i went up to madison the, the the summer of 1980 i i went and saw ronald reagan at the uh arena when he came here for the state republican uh convention and they held it at the arena and i i stayed up all night i worked at the clayton inn as a uh janitor by the way i cleaned the clayton inn and i stood up i stayed up all night because uh, i worked overnight there and I, uh, wo- I woke up. Well, kind of did. Sometimes I would sleep on the job. So I, and, and I went down to the arena that morning, saw Ronald Reagan. And so I was a big fan early on. Uh, and but why? Of, well, That's because, what I'm because, asking. Because, because, because I, I he was st- for old white men. Because, because I started working at the age of 12. And, and I knew the value of work and everything else. I didn't expect Ronald Reagan to, forget- to, to help me out. I, 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 I had a common sense conservative viewpoint. But forget
2: time. the value of work because as a as a teenager an 18 19 20 year old you know college guy i mean okay so you knew the value of work but you also knew that all the left women and i know you 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 liked the girls all the left leaning women were interested in left leaning guys i mean what what
1: were you attracting? I mean, well, you weren't worried I, 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 about money. I, I, listen, hippie chicks dug me. They that, did. Well, that's what I'm they saying. Did. yeah. yeah. I'm, so, although my first girlfriend up there was a uh, um, was a cheerleader from Virginia Beach. So I did find it. did find a blonde, the a blonde, cheerleader one. from Virginia Beach. Because I'm just saying. I you know, she you know, she became, she became a homeless person on the lawn of the White House. Okay. Did you know that? No. This blonde, yeah. beautiful cheerleader from virginia beach who was my girlfriend pretty much the first semester there and then i i then we kind of parted ways but nonetheless uh she she ultimately took a a class with guys like you okay and and was was brainwashed and and what you know what she wound up doing she wound up going down to uh aid the sandinistan government I am not kidding you. And in fact, she dated, <laughs> Sounds good. She had, Her boyfriend was Daniel Ortega's brother, who was the defense minister yeah, you know, down there. You know how bad Daniel Ortega is now? I know. Which is
2: unbelievable. I know. He's now turned into this right wing kook. I know. But, I don't but even ba- get it. But back in the day, so yeah. she goes no, down I, there I and
1: hangs out with all these guys. Uh, I think she did too many drugs to tell you the truth but probably she, she, and, but she went back in into the uh back up, up to the uh school and we could hardly recognize her she stopped shaving her legs and she did this and then, then suddenly became like uh and, and she w- literally wound up as one of the homeless people on the White House lawn. I'm not kidding you. That was my – so that's what that's what that left-wing environment does to you. It didn't do that to me. I worked on the uh, Badger Herald, which was a conservative newspaper, and we used to uh, lock – it was every Thursday, and we would lock our doors – and uh and we would uh we would seal up the doors everything is because people would throw rocks at our windows while we were trying to put the paper together there Yeah, because
2: you're nothing but an elite journalist we were we were that's what you
1: are it was the badger herald versus the daily cardinal yeah you're an elite you're an
2: elitist journalist and i can prove it because i know you have the the emmys to show that you are you're an elitist, but that's okay. The, the,
1: the Badger Herald, the, the, the Daily Carter used to go around to all the boxes. And even then, these young left-wingers were anti-Constitution. They would go and take our papers out of the boxes and throw them in the trash can. That's how they, that's how they competed with us, by, by, t- by throwing our newspapers away. But I would have none of it. And you know what? I, yeah, was, I, I just don't understand what I will, happened. I will tell you, though, I was probably one of the more liberal conservatives on the newspaper. Because these, these guys who were working at the Badger Herald Den were some pretty dyed-in-the-wool conservative dudes. I mean, they were pretty up there. I was a little more hippie-dudish with, with so, them because I was so from why, the City.
2: So why are you afraid of setting up schools at
1: the border – to help these people who come over Mark, to become great American I'm, I'm not citizens, afraid of, I'm not afraid of it. I just think that first things first. I mean, uh, you're going to set up schools for these people who just came over here, really just to clean Barack Obama's hotel no, room. Oh, come on, that's just a uh, no. It's not it's a, a, th- gonna, being who, funny. Who's gonna no? Who's gonna turn the pillows for me? It's just being funny. Who, who's gonna who's gonna okay. clean up? Who's gonna feed the dogs?
2: Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I that, have that worked. Was, but no, I have worked in St. Louis public schools. You keep with, me. With, with these
1: immigrant kids.
2: They are terrific.
1: I get it. But here's the deal. The, the, the optics on the U.S. suddenly saying, oh, come on over the border, you 5,000 people where we don't know how the hell you got here. Let's set up schools for you because we've got people in St. Louis who, who don't have schools. Or adequate schools to go to, and if they do, the windows are all broken, and and they're black people, and it's kind of like okay, it's not cool to sit there. Right, in it's bad enough we build frigging football domes that, that 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 create that cast shadows on their homes, but 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 to go ahead and and have them watch us build schools for people who didn't even bother to take even the the, the a modicum of effort to become citizens here. Right in front of the noses of, the, of people who were born here? it doesn't make any sense. I'm tired of
2: this, too, w- what's done to these inner-city young people. I, I can't say it enough, and, and I work every day to try to fix it. But, but all I'm saying is that, that, look, you're worried about the money for the schools? You bring those kids in here, I'll bet – you know, everybody talks about George Soros. I'll bet that George Soros will put up the money to set up the schools. Nah, I'll guarantee it. I know he will. Okay, well, so you if, won't even if, have to.
1: If, you if, won't if, even have to spend any if, money if, for if it's, it. Yeah, if, if it's George the, Soros, will spend spend the, the money. If it's the George Soros Academy for Wayward it, it, it Hondurans, it would be. It then would I'm be. good. I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> let I, let it yeah, we,
2: we could go down and teach them broadcasting. They'll end up in this studio.
1: Yeah, it'll be like, you know, it'll be the Dead Poets Honduran Society. Sure. If, if it, I, the George Soros. I just imagine Soros he'll, will spend the money. He'll line the walls with ivy, and they'll all have uniforms on. And I'll show. And then they'll clean Barack Obama. I'll room. show
2: you the grants that are available. It, it, he'd put up. He he's got billions. Who's
1: gonna put the chocolate on my pillow? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, you could that's be what, funny, but that's what they say, though. That's what they always say. I'm when telling they do you this. right now. We get George Soros. He he starts these schools. We bring the kids in, and Donald will be neutralized
1: in 15 days. So we won't right. have to worry about that. It'll <laughs> all be perfect in 15 days. As I said earlier, um, I will tell you this, and I and I thought about this, and I'll continue to use this line. Ultimately, what's going to happen is that on November 8th, which is the day after November 7th, okay. I will be here in the morning right okay, and i 'm going to have through the radio free almond product i 'm going to have a figurative rolled up newspaper okay and and you 're going to be here i won 't hit you with it, <laughs> but i 'm going to have a figurative rolled up newspaper that I will figuratively hit you with on the nose for all of you left wingers daring to pee and poop. On the Make America Great Again kitchen floor, yeah. stop doing well, we that, and we will that. teach you. And, That's and, and what we'll do is we'll teach you. I'm going I'm to do like they do with puppies. Do they still do that with puppies? By the way, I mean do not, they do not out puppies. of
2: not out of Petropolis, which needs to be one of our okay. sponsors. But yes, well, go but, ahead.
1: well, then they. The, but what they do is that you is you is you push. Usually, what you do when you train it. Do you ever have a dog? I have many dogs. Do you have a dog now? Yeah, my little Maltese. Yeah, what's his name?
2: Gizmo, <laughs> Gizmo, cute, cute dog, yeah. Did you get that from the old school, uh, the uh, from the gram- the Gremlin movie? Oh, right, okay. Yeah.
1: Gizmo looked like Gizmo. <laughs> Why would you name a dog he Gizmo? He looked like a Gremlin. Okay, yeah. So anyway, uh, I th- th- what they do when they pee on the floor or poop on the floor is you push their nose in it. Although that's probably not cool these days. I don't know. I don't know. The rules change. Ruins about dogs. Their, their psyche. Because normally you wanna- what you do is you push the you put their nose in it, and then you swat them on the nose with the paper. That doesn't work anymore? I, I don't know. Gizmo knows what to do anyway. Look. Uh, and, well, anyway, but look yeah, go look, ahead. So, so what I'm going to do then is March uh, uh, November 8th is when I'm going to take the figurative newspaper, and swat all you left-wingers on the nose for peeing on the Make America Great Again floor. It's not going to happen again. I'll catch you.
2: And l- listen to what you're describing here. What, when, you this, you. when you describe this, when you describe this, I start to think, can you imagine what Thad
1: could have done with what you're talking yes. about? Yes. I mean –
2: I can see it.
1: Well, Jenny. Jenny says that's that's the new. Uh, that's a, that's that's no longer cool to do. To, no, I'm not, sure you don't not. Train animals like you Teddy take your Park. animal
2: to a psychiatrist and work right. everything out. I
1: didn't think I, at the time when I saw people doing it back when I was a kid. I didn't think it looked right. Not but, good. But 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 for lefties, it's a good way. Yeah, it's a good way to do it. so when you when you, uh, uh, but but it's a good we'll little. Talk, sim, uh, we'll talk to Thad. Yeah, I will. I mean, really, he, he'll put it together like nobody would believe. So. So you guys can all steal that. You can all say that on November 8th, you're going to figuratively swat the noses of all the left-wing puppies who pooped erroneously on the Make America Great Again floor. Go ahead and take that. Put it in a meme. Send it out. That's how we're going to do things. Yeah, and it's 7 o'clock, so I'm going to go fight
2: to to straighten out the inner city, which that should be first. I agree. So I'm going to go do that, and then we can get the Hondurans in here and set up – you know the
1: the you know like the peace corps will send them right down to the border my real concern is that there's going to be uh, is that is that there's, there's going to be a confrontation at the border uh, it's going to be it's going to look like the 60s and there're going to be little honduran children putting daisies in the in the gun barrels of the US army and, and it's going to be about November 5th that they're going to be doing all this. That's my biggest concern is that there will be a confrontation. That's what they want. That, the no, I, I, I'm telling you, it's the opposite. It's what I we hope don't
2: so. want. What, what, what we fear is that Donald is working this up to November 5th for some kind of a confrontation so he can start killing people and no, saying, okay, exactly. look what I can do. President, I'll kill them all. He, he no, no, kill no, no, no,
1: no. This, this, okay. this, this is a problem. But, I, but to me, it's a manufactured one. And as I watch these people going across, you know, we, we need to close the border, bring the military, or have them all check in with their consulates in Honduras, Guatemala, Venezuela, wherever they're coming from. That's how you do asylum. You don't just kind of pop up and say, I'm here. You don't do that. That's not never been how people seek asylum. They seek asylum at their consulates. Okay, so we've come to a conclusion
2: here. We know what we're going to do. The George Soros Honduran Charter School System, which will be set up right at the border, and we're going to get George to pay for everything. You won't have to worry about it. Exactly. It's just like you know how you always worried about your dollar that gets spent for uh, Sesame Street. So now you (laughs) you can worry more about
1: that and stop worrying about the border because George Soros will pay. Well, the one thing I am worried about are the visuals. I don't think they have them quite down yet because – the one thing the five thousand people as they approach the border need, really, desperately, they need, they need some weird-looking guy with a hat, and need about about sixty midgets with uh, playing lutes or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> that would help. We'll worry
2: about that on another day. See ya. We can go All right. Well, we thank
0: you. Get we'll out. Yep. And we can act like we come
1: That's what they need to do. They could, they could, they could, they could get sympathy from Americans if they would all just do the safety dance. Or actually, maybe they wouldn't get sympathy doing the safety dance.
4: Maybe they could come
1: in and do the. Uh, they could go across the border doing the electric slide. <laughs> and you and totally oh and like man, still, I'm glad that's say, over though. The flash mob
0: thing—they don't—they
1: don't do flash but mobs anymore. Those were really insufferable.
0: We dance,
1: I really don't need you dance, dancing at, everybody 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 at my uh, at, at my train station, people. You really don't need to do, do dance, that. Not that I go to train stations. Dance, I'm just saying. Dance, yeah, where are the where are the Honduran midgets that can dance around with their little? Pan flutes behind the guy with the weird-looking hat. You got to admit the video is compelling. We can dance yeah, we could do, we could do, you could do a whole bit on on all the uh, different dances that they could do as they move about. By the way, where do where are these people sleeping and everything? Though I don't I don't understand anything about this. Where, like, where are they? In, like, I'm watching a movie where you notice, like, like you watch like a movie like Star Wars or something, and, and you're like, do these people ever use the bathroom? Or I never see them eating anything. They never stop to fill up the. Uh, they never stop to fill up the the, the, the gas tank of their spaceships. They, they never have to do any of the things that we normally do. They're gonna get scurvy because they don't they don't eat fruit. These people, I... try try an orange or something, people. But yeah, the safety dance. <laughs> I didn't hear that. I didn't, forgot about that part of it. I didn't know he did that at the end. I haven't. That's that's the thing. I haven't listened to the song uh, in its entirety ever because every time the every time the uh the song comes on I'll punch out and every time the video used to come on I'd switch the channel so uh, I couldn't watch it long enough I mean I, I do I do enjoy uh occasionally watching a line of midgets dancing but generally I don't or and, and behind a weird looking dude that even even I thought they were all eventually going to go off of a cliff I thought that was going to be the end of the Thing, but it, it wasn't. But I didn't know that about the end of that. I know. I didn't know <laughs> that part of it. I didn't know that. Let Listen to this again here. Yeah, burning down the house, Thomas Scott. See what this guy has everybody's to say here. Remember without dance. hats? Y'all had hats. Save the
0: dance. Yes, save the dance.
1: I think so he had a save hat.
0: The dance. Oh, save the dance.
1: <laughs> do that.
0: That's a dance. Oh. Oh, it's a dance.
1: Okay, all right, I get you, man. The men without hats. Although it it seems to me that they all had. They all had hats on there in that one. First thing I remember knowing Hi, Merle. Merle decided to bring up the rear end there after safety dance. Uh, that's because Men Without Hats, right? Uh, you have Men Without Hats on your iTunes list, and guess what comes after that? Merle. Men, Merle. Just letting it play. From a meek well, nice to have Merle Haggard pop in after all that. That travesty of justice we just saw. Oh, they pulled me off? Damn it. They did get caught up, didn't they? Do you you think they took me off for Merle, or do you think they took me off for Men Without Hats? What's
0: that?
1: I bet it was... uh, I bet it was. Um, I bet it was for the men without hats. I just played it too long. Damn it! <sighs> always overplay my hand. I feel like I'm, I'm. I feel like I'm a member of the left wing now, officially. So I always take it. I always take it one step too far, where I just kind of go one more step there, and I and I ruin everything, and they and then they pull me off. Anyway, so so the fun that they're having with all this, by the way. Here's, here's the thing. There, there is one, and you all can let me know how you think about this. There is one school of thought, first of all, where you have a situation where you have a, uh, you have a, a definite problem like, for instance, in Honduras. I'm going to compare this to you. So, so on the one hand, we can say a lot of these people coming up here are coming from really violent countries, And as Mark and I argued about, so do you think that these people from violent countries then are violent themselves or – are they seeking asylum from that violence? Let's pretend, for instance, and I'll give you the I'll give you the facts here very quickly. So, since a lot of you were just hopping on the stream, and I'm getting you back up on the uh, on the Facebook page, and that's fine. We'll uh, we'll go through that again. Man, I'll tell you, they they did the Men Without Hats thing. Do you, they really? Do they really deserve to be? Uh, are they really in the in the realm of? Let's pull you off for playing men without hats. I mean, is that really warranted that song should be in the, in the, in the public domain by now, but it's, but apparently it's not, I should, I should have the right, although I don't really have the right to anybody's music. I, 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 I assure you that, but you know, at some point men without hats becomes everybody's song, but I do want, uh, I do want men without hats to get, to give that's their art. It's not mine. And so I, 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 I should not, you know, um, Steal their art, anyway. So here's the deal with the, and we'll, and then we'll move on because I want to go after Ben Sass because uh, he and Sean Hannity are fighting, and and of course you know who's going to win that one, the, the person with balls. So Hannity's going to win that one. So we have um the the facts are what they are. So in Honduras, for instance, you have a death rate that is uh, ninety four point seven people per one hundred thousand. It's a pretty high death rate when you compare it, for instance, to Japan, which has a 0.27 per 100,000 death rate. 0.27 versus 94. And there's no point in front of the 9-4. This is 94.7 per 100,000 in Honduras. This is a violent death rate, by the way. 0.27 per 100,000 in Japan. So there's no question Honduras is a rough-ass place. And so... At that point, you say, "Okay, so do these people have a good reason to leave Honduras? Yes, they do uh, have a good reason to leave Honduras if that is indeed the case. But there's a process for leaving these countries. This is not just a little thing here. And a little later on, I think I'm going to go ahead and let you hear the entirety of this interview because it's very compelling from – a woman who has all of the different kinds of uh, solutions that uh, that that are there, one of them is closing the border. But the other uh, solution is if you are normally a migrant and you're a normally a person who is seeking asylum and trying to go someplace else, uh, you are a person who is uh, going to a consulate. This is how it works. You go to your consulate or your embassy, uh, the, the U.S. embassy there in uh, – in the, uh, country where you are. And so you are going to then go to the U S consulate, for instance, in Honduras and say, you know what? I want to get out of here. I'm seeking asylum from the terrible violence here. And I want to get the hell out of here. Now that's how normal people seek asylum. That's how a lot of people even seek refuge for that matter. So, it's not you know, beyond the realm of comprehension. We could require 5,000 people coming from a variety of different countries to do it the right way and seek asylum through uh, the, that outlet. So let's pretend that these people have a legit reason to leave their countries. Now, I believe that just simply coming here to find a job, cleaning Barack Obama's hotel room, isn't a compelling enough reason to simply team across a border illegally, or go through—you must go through all the other hoops that everybody else has. Now, uh, Mark was suggesting earlier that we just sim- simply build a bunch of schools for them, and blah blah blah. But uh, you know, the, the bottom line is you—you—you you, uh, you have to be in a situation where you support. Uh, law-abiding actions, and and just simply having a bunch of people pushing their way across a border is, uh, is not legit. It's, it's not a way to go. Now, I do have to admit, and I'll, although I will tell you that there are only a few people, uh, and, and Mark pointed this out, I think, and, and I think the left is being very, very careful about all this right now, uh the the people who are probably the most obnoxious throughout this whole thing are really the, the never trump crowd um they they're the ones who are the uh, let's use this first of all to sell my book and secondly to go ahead and attack president trump for being a um a xenophobe and more importantly attack trump supporters for being xenophobes and for being uh for being Racists and nativists and all that kind of thing, uh, and the, the 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 people who are barking the loudest are the Never Trumpers, which I find interesting. Max Boot is uh, one example. He was on with uh, Brian Stelter and Reliable Sources, and of course, he did the usual thing. He did he did what a lot of Never Trumpers do, and and I I've seen them hap- This happen all the time. You know the Ben Sasses of the world, the Jonah Goldbergs, all these guys these republicrats who are in their forties, for instance, I'm talking about like a mid forties, they will always, they will invariably quote Ronald Reagan because, because basically what happened is they're, they uh, conservative masters. their little teachers like Bill Kristol and George will, and all, all the, all these guys that they all f- uh, fawned over and everything else uh, were, uh, you know, were just teaching them that Ronald Reagan was something that, in fact, he wasn't. Ronald Reagan was a common sense conservative who was not a globalist by any stretch of the imagination, and was a huge tariff guy. For instance, that's just one example where he believed that uh, free trade had to be fair for it to be truly free. And so Ronald Reagan taxed clothespins and and you know. Uh, Hell, anything that you could you could look at uh, as a means of uh, of you know uh, how, how to how to go about this whole thing, and so he did do that. Some of he got a lot of criticism for it. I, I will I will grant you that, but Ronald Reagan was no true free trader in the George Will, Bill Kristol, Jonah Goldberg, Max Boot, Republican weekly standard national review vein, he was a guy who was pretty tough as nails. And these guys don't know that because they weren't even driving by the time Ronald Reagan was uh was present. So all their all of their experience is only in what they've read and uh only and only in what they hear from people like Bill Crystal and the rest of the gang. So that's how we're that's how we're getting it going there with these guys. So invariably when you hear Max Boot here, he'll pull the usual types of moves and, and it'll always wind up in the end with them saying, I want to go back to the days of Ronald Reagan. Oh, really? Do you? You mean when he was tough as nails on the border, even though he did have the eighty six Amnesty program. Uh before that he was as tough as you could be uh on border control. So anyway, here's Max Boot. He's being uh spoon fed Uh, these uh, softball questions by Brian, and uh, it's Max Boot, Never Trumper, doing what Never Trumpers do, and it is calling you a racist. Okay, here you go. Yes.
6: It
5: is demagoguery, Brian. It is also, I believe, racism and nativism really pandering uh, to the fears of Trump supporters and Fox News viewers who tend to be older, white uh, males who are alarmed about this supposed invasion of dark-skinned uh, newcomers coming to America I mean the, the threat is entirely bogus because in fact border crossings have declined dramatically in the last eighteen years
1: down eight- so while they 're showing him talking about border crossing declining dem- dramatically in the past eighteen years they 're showing five thousand people heading to the u s border while max boot is is Talking about how, oh, this isn't a problem. Border crossings aren't an issue. Blah, blah, blah. And we're like, um, wh- what about those 5,000 people coming towards the towards our border there? And here comes the
5: Reagan stuff. There is not this massive army of, of illegal immigrants. And these people are not even illegal
1: immigrants. They are refugees. Who are- well, oh, th- by the way, the status as refugees has not been determined. We have not determined them to be refugees. Uh, we don't know who they are. And... We ought to find out who they are, and I don't believe that a process through which we find out who they are is, uh, is anything that is nativist or that is xenophobic or anything. We want to know who these people are, and we want to find out, are you here to clean Barack Obama's hotel room or are you here to do something else? Are you just leaving because you don't have a job? And you don't want to work for one down there. Are you leaving because your family has been threatened, which actually uh, possibly could could happen? Why are you coming here? Those that is not a that is not a bad question to ask, nor is it xenophobic. And in fact, it's what traditional America has done. There are people here who are offspring of people who were asked a lot of questions when they came here through Ellis Island and through uh, the port down at Port of or- New Orleans. And, and they were asked questions. And some of them, if you had something resembling a cold, you were put back on a ship. So people were asked questions. So there is a process that we can go through here to make sure this is all uh, what it is. Max Boot just calling them refugees without having any knowledge of who these people are. In fact, we still don't know who these people are. There's been no one who's come about and said that, uh, that, um, that this person is this person coming here for that reason and for economic reasons. Some of them quite possibly uh, you know, figure out how this is all going to roll. Let's find out what's going on. If some of them are in fear of their lives let's find out that and determine that and even if they are in fear of their lives, then at that point you go to your consulate to the u s embassy in Guatemala in Honduras, and you seek asylum from that that 's the way to do it so the idea of asking you know five thousand people to, uh, uh, to, to, to to obey a process of a Sovereign nation is not oppression to find out exactly what they 're doing whether they 're here to put the chocolates on the bed of barack obama 's hotel or they here because they 're truly in fear of their lives or they here just for the hell of it or or are they here to do harm who knows we don 't know there 's one woman who uh, was uh, who, who evidently i don 't know what country she was from. But her baby just had heart surgery in this country. Now, if, you're, if you have a baby who just had successful heart surgery in a country that you're fleeing, the question is, okay, so why are you leaving and, and why are you coming to the United States? Is it, it, it can't, is it economic oppression? Because it seems like your baby in heart surgery was well taken care of down there. So what is it that you're fleeing and why? And, and and that's not that's not a bad thing to ask. Anyway, Max Boot continues here. Legal admission to the United
5: States. But what this really underlines to me, Brian, is how the Republican Party has changed in my
1: lifetime. Hmm. This is something I write in my book, The Corrosion of Conservatism. Yeah. And and, and there's Max Boot hawking his book again, just like Ben Sass the ass is doing that we'll get to in just a bit. Oh, by the way, my book says it's the duration of conservatism. Uh open borders is not. Conservatism, uh, obviously uh, appreciating the United States of America and and appreciating laws is common sense conservatism. I don't know what he's talking about regarding uh, this this idea that somehow open borders is conservative. Now, I know there are libertarians out there who believe that and who think that way, and, and I get it, but and and that there should be no borders. But you have to adjust to certain norms of modern society. It used to be back in the day when we weren't even a settled nation, that there were no borders. I, I get that. But if you just look at it from a practical utilitarian measure, and I've done this before with you guys, I've told you before about the good woman of Setuin, the Bertolt Brecht parable, you know, which and this is something that, that uh, people who are philosophers and pragmatists and others – actually intellectually entertain this idea and, and it's and it's a matter of um, uh, it's the it's the typical utilitarian argument uh versus you know uh the open borders argument whatever, but you have to do what is best for your country you have to do what is best for your society uh the the and you have to do what is being adherent to the constitution is, and that is defending your borders and defending your econ- economic interests and defending your country. And so there's a compelling argument to be made that defending our borders is indeed a defense of, uh, of our country and our people and is constitutionally acceptable. So back to the good woman of Setuin. we've had this before where you have a, um, you, you have a society that cannot – can only take in so many people for it to continue to successfully handle the people who are already there. In, in, in the greatest society where Mark Kasin talked about this, where you have uh, people coming in and then automatically there are people with money who are going to build schools for these people and houses for these people. And everything will be taken care of and they won't be a burden. But that's not the society we live in. We have a lot of people who love the idea of having open borders, having people just crossing, but wouldn't in one second have them living in their homes. They wouldn't in one second take any of them in, and they wouldn't in one second give $2 to any organization that would. These are people who just love the idea, and it makes them feel good. When they hang out with their fellow lefties to say, oh yeah, open borders, great, perfect, you know, and then would never lift a finger in a million years to help these people. So you have a, you have a, you have a vested interest in, in making sure that you protect your society from outside forces that will not allow you to protect your society if you let those outside forces in. That's a very pragmatic, utilitarian way of looking at governance so while the open borders thing might have been great in 1200 or 1300 or 1492 when columbus sailed the ocean blue it's not practical now and the government has a compelling interest in defending its borders and its people so the good woman of set you in parable is and i'll and i'll kind of uh i'll kind of um give you a uh Nutshell version of it. It's a Bertolt Brecht. It's actually a, a play, but it's a parable as well. And and it's the parable of the good woman of Sichuan. All right? And it takes place, obviously, in Setuan province. And uh, this woman is a Samar- good Samaritan. And, and she is a woman who is uh, taking people in as the good Samaritan. And so she takes them in. And she has them in her house. And she's feeding them. And... And then suddenly, people get the idea that they can actually come and continue to come to the good woman of Setuwin 's house and so she comes into the good woman of Setuawin 's house and they continue to come in they continue to come in finally uh their her house is overrun uh, it 's overrun with uh with individuals uh who are now eating her out of house and home who are destroying her furniture, and it becomes so stuffed that you can 't no, no one can survive in her house anymore. And her house collapses essentially under its own weight of the people she was trying to bring in. And so she, uh, she brings these people in uh, to essentially to take care of them. But so many other people come in and so many other people burden this good woman of Sichuan society, if you will, that she has then lost the ability to take care of anybody she wanted to take care of people she wanted to take care of somebody but because of the burdens that these people put on her home she then was rendered unable to take care of anybody and and you could you could look at other uh, there are similar kinds of parables in children's stories there's a, there's a great children's story out there about a uh, a mitten and they uh, all these little animals start to uh pop in and start living in this mitten and I can't remember exactly. I remember reading it to the kids, but, but they, uh, finally at one point, some big animal pops into the mitten and, uh, and then the mitten is too stuffed and it, and it breaks apart. So then everybody who was taking advantage of the mitten, everybody wanted to take advantage of the mitten, but then there became so many people uh, in there, in the mitten are animals that the mitten, uh, broke apart because it, there were too many people in the mitten. That's, that's a great example. Um, there's the, there's the, um, woman who lived in a shoe and she had so many children, she didn't know what to do. Well, that's not a good thing to have so many children. You don't know what to do or to have too many cuddly little animals popping into one mitten to uh, keep out of the cold or to be the good woman of Sichuan and take so many people in that you've gone from being a good Samaritan to being a person who then is unable in any way, shape, or form to help anybody. She goes from helping some people to being able to help no one. So even as good as she is, she's not able to, to do that and, and perform the task and so you have a vested interest in, in monitoring and regulating who comes in, sometimes even if they need it. You have to figure out exactly what the compelling reason is. Not every single one of these 5,000 people has a compelling reason. And, uh, and, and, and on the same token, there are many people in that 5,000 who probably do have a compelling reason to come here. It's a matter of how they come here and how they get here and, and how we deal with them, uh, once they are here. And, and also how we, we manage to, uh, to go through a process because there is a process nonetheless. And I'll guarantee you, no other country is going to let people in this way. Uh, no other country is going to just simply, you can't, if I'm amazed that Mexico, given, given its, uh, issues, I'm, a, I'm amazed that they have given these people as much leeway as they have because the Mexican, immigration laws are tough although these people aren't immigrating to mexico they they are they are uh going to the u.s so you know mexico's like here here's a bottle of water keep going you know that's that's kind of what they're doing although early on it looked like the federales were actually helping us out but now uh now they're you know now they're uh i think escorting them so to speak so again uh that's why Mark Casey, when he said build the schools down there for them, I'm thinking, Mark, uh, can you imagine the person in North St. Louis sitting there uh with with schools that are so bombed out they've got to go to Parkway, be bust to Parkway. Of course, that's why schools are bombed out because they bust them to Parkway. But anyway, looking at looking at the U.S. building schools for people who just decided to pack up and go and come across the border when we can't take care of our own people here? I'm just telling you, it's uh a different deal. Alright. Live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studio. ddtruckusa.com. Was out on Saturday, popped out to uh fundraiser for Nick Schroer, although he was out of DD trucking, but 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 the uh, I was there early, so I didn't see a lot of you because I was there like a half hour early and had to go because I went to Mass at 5. So, still good to see Nick and uh, hope uh, you all in that district there can support him, that's for sure. Hey, folks, you know what you need to do? You need to go to Michael Proctor for all of your window treatment needs. Michael is a uh, good friend of mine, a good man. And it's Proctor spelled like Dr. Proctor Drapery.com. And Michael is the kind of guy that has the 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 eye of an interior designer and he comes into your house and a lot of people who uh, a lot of people who are doing window treatments and brand new curtains or whatever or maybe some... Some maybe you at looking at, at, at a possibility of doing the, the woven wood shades which are um, which are great I love those woven woods drapery blinds and shutters proctordrapery.com 314-664-1819 and he's got his uh, he's got his mobile design unit which is awesome comes to your doorstep seven days a week And nobody's going to beat him in price or quality at all. He's your man, Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like Dr. Proctor Drapery Blinds and Shutters. ProctorDrapery.com. Also want to thank my friends over at Golden Oak Lending. GoldenOakLending.com. 314-567-GOLD. You're going to get that free mortgage checkup. You just call them, 314 567 Gold. Make sure you tell them you came from uh, Radio Free Almond, and they'll give you that free mortgage checkup. Free appraisal if it doesn't work out, but still, they'll give you the mortgage checkup. Let you know how much money you have in your house and what you can pull out of it. So that's the way to go with uh, my friends at Golden Oak Lending, goldenoaklending.com. Good morning this morning. Uh Don't forget about my friend, Ricky Hall, veteran-owned Nutrition HQ, nhq.rocks. That's where he has all of your nutrition needs. doesn't matter whether you need supplements, whether you need pre-workout powders, like Stand the F Up, which is a great one in response to Colin Kaepernick. And then you also have the uh, fat burners, and you have the protein powders. One of them, the new one, has... uh, bits of snickers in it to thinking, well wait a minute how does that happen bits of snickers doesn't sound very healthy well you have to have carbs when you're doing protein otherwise your body's going to be like alright so what do you want me to consume your muscles and you'll say no and your body will say well if you don't give me any carbs to consume then I will consume your muscles that's how it works here So you can pack all the protein in your body you want, but if you don't have any carbs to go along with it, then your body will just start eating your muscles slowly but surely. So get some carbs in there. That's what this one does. Also, they have protein pizzas and protein burritos. It's right there at um, Manchester and McKnight in Rock Hill, but you can get it on the web at NHQ. Dot rocks. Thank you to Ricky Hall, veteran-owned, Ricky's a Navy man. So appreciate that. He and his wife, Jen, are sweet people and uh, and love those guys. All right, so uh, Ben Sass the Ass is back at it again. This time he is um, – well, he's got his new book out there. And so this is the second book, by the way, that Ben Sass the Ass has uh, written in his four years as a U.S. senator, somehow Ben Sasse tricked the Tea Party into supporting him, even though he's a empty suit. This guy is as vacuous as the day is long, and he is his comes across as this professorial kind of nice guy, but really he's a bitter, angry, and lazy United States senator. Uh, ben Sass has done, if you look at his record over the past four years, nothing in the U.S. Senate except give these highfalutin, self absorbed speeches on the Senate floor every time he gets offended by something. And he's also managed to uh, write a couple books in the process. And so now he's, of course, the darling of the mainstream media because Ben Sass the ass, is a suck-up to the mainstream media. He, they love him because he's a Republican who craps all over Donald Trump, craps all over Donald Trump voters, and is more than happy to do so in order to sell his books. Not quite sure what Ben Sass is up to or what his goal is here. Nobody really knows. I mean, even the, some of the friendlier people to him over at Hot Air, for instance, are uh, wondering, like, uh, why are you even a U.S. senator? You seem to hate your job. You, you you don't even like the construct of the Senate, it seems. And you really don't seem to really enjoy anything about what's going on. You Your whole book is about how dysfunctional everything is, and yet you haven't done one thing to try to break the dysfunctionality of the Senate or anything else. You haven't done anything. I mean, you talk a lot. You go on The View You talk about a divided society and all your other garbage, but this society is divided because people care about things. People stand for something. You know, oh, this country is very tribal. I got into that last week. I don't need to get into it again, but, you know, come on. Suit me up. Paint my face. Give me my spear. I'm ready. I've got my my tribe. I'm good for that. And differences are good. America was built on differences of opinion and 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 people fighting for differences of opinion the problem is when you are a fighter and you have a different opinion and you lose the argument then that's when everybody becomes oh this is so divided over here i'm just this is this is terrible you know i'm sure i'm sure the milwaukee brewers are thinking the same thing this system of uh baseball is just uh bad news all around it's like yes yeah, it sure is Although they haven't said that. I, li- I like the Milwaukee Brewers, but they haven't said that. But nonetheless, it's like the losing team complaining about the, the game afterwards, you know, or-, or even the setup of the game, you know. Why can't I score a touchdown uh, at, f- at the 50 yard line instead of the 100 yard line? It's like, well, because that's not football. Oh, well, that's so divisive of you to divide the field in half like that. I mean, come on. Again. The people who squawked the loudest about division and about tribalism are usually the people who have generally wound up on the losing end of arguments. Ben Sass is a perfect example that he lost the argument in a major way. He's a never-Trumper who continues to be humiliated for his never-Trumpism. Every time there is an amazing, wonderful thing that President Trump does, it's another humiliation for Ben Sass. Every time there's a new uptick in wages, it's a humiliation for Ben Sass. Every time there is an expansion of jobs almost to full employment, it's a humiliation for Ben Sass. Any time there is peace, for instance, budding with North Korea, it's a humiliation for Ben Sass. Because Ben Sass's world included Hillary Clinton being president, and Ben Sass was banking on complaining about the lack of a Christmas tree at City Hall for the rest of his life. And so that that was Ben Sass's move, but instead now what do you do when you're a US senator who you made a run against uh a, a sitting president who redefined the Republican Party and in fact even saved the Republican Party. Cuz keep in mind there were people who were telling us back in the day during the primary days that uh that that the uh that hey, um you know, Jeb Bush was telling us, "Oh, it, the, Donald Trump's going to destroy the Republican Party." I'm going well, maybe that's – maybe it's about time. Maybe it's about time uh, the Republican Party had to morph a little bit. And You know what? The Republican Party wound up becoming actually a bigger tent than Jeb Bush or Marco Rubio or even Ted Cruz would have had it be because it included suddenly uh, – now includes the American worker and, and the blue-collar worker. Which is primarily why I think the latest poll shows Hawley is doing a great job uh, at, at, so far. He's a point ahead of, of Claire McCaskill in the latest poll. And obviously that's you know within the margin of error. But, but people are getting it. it even, in, even in Missouri, the, the, the American worker is getting it. So all these things are humiliations for Ben Sass. So Ben Sass has to write a book. That complains about how divisive everybody is and how divisive President Trump is and how divisive Sean Hannity is for that matter. It's like suddenly it's like, oh, uh, we're, we're way too divisive here. You're talking to a guy who's a multi-time loser here. And yet he's now appearing on every damn television show you can find. Uh, Face the nation. You can, uh, uh, you could, you could, uh, the, the, uh, Jake Tapper show. Every single show, of The View, the guy's appearing on because, of course, they like they like to listen to Ben Sass because Ben Sass is doing exactly what he's claiming he's writing books against, which is being divisive. Because Ben Sass only sells his book if he can convince you that we are divided and if he can convince you that uh, you believing in President Trump is wrong. You believing in him is wrong. And, and and that's uh, that's how it's all going to work out here. And so he goes on to Jake Tapper's show, and this is this is namely about uh, about Sean Hannity here. And he decides he's going to focus on 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 Hannity being the one who is uh, is his is his problem. He's going to say, "Oh, you know what? Uh, Sean Hannity is the guy who is uh, is is mostly responsible for the problems that we're having in, in this country." And he decides he's going to go. And 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 uh, and and crap all over Sean Hannity. Now I was trying to get the uh, the video here uh, to to go, but we're having issues with the. I'm having issues with my internet here, and it's not it's not playing for some reason. Uh, I've got a, I've got an ad that they want to play, but it's not rolling. It'll probably roll out of nowhere. So Sean Hannity decides that he's going to go out on his um, Twitter and say that Ben Sasse is a con artist because he kind of is. Uh, because Hannity's, uh, cause Sass says that Hannity is bad for America and lecturing Hannity on civility while at the same time uh, it, it's Ben Sass who's the one who is the, the guy who is causing the most division, who's trying, trying hardest at this point to, to do the kinds of things that he's now apparently uh, not happy about and then and then, at the same time also um uh, you yeah, have Ben Sass out there lecturing us on 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 whether or not it's proper for President Trump to go and do a speech where he's actually tongue in cheek talking about a uh, – th- I love these I love these sound bites that they do right before they've gun gun ads right before it on Breitbart. Free. go That's for hundred twenty bucks worth of free this is with a laser buy before december thirty first I'm loving it. Yeah, called Them,
4: Why We Hate Each Other and How to Heal. Uh, Senator Sass, thanks for joining us. Your book deals with why the country is so divided right now. Uh, I was reading it while this happened. And I want you to take a listen to what President Trump had to say at a recent rally. And he mentioned that Montana congressman who ultimately pleaded guilty to physics. All right. Uh, you, 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 you guys
1: get the, you guys get the picture here. This is a situation where, again, Ben Sass is standing there just being the happy idiot. For uh, for any left wing journalist out there, being happy, yeah, sure, I'll t- I'll, of course, I'll take a swing at President Trump talking about this guy. Of course, I I hate Sean Hannity. What's weird about about Ben Sasse though regarding Hannity is right. that, that, my- that 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 he cla- he's claiming that that Hannity is only reaching one percent of America. And so he's going, this Hannity's laddering up this 1% of America. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so let me ask you this. If, if, if Ben Sass, if, if Sean Hannity is only laddering up 1% of America, why are you so concerned about it? Because it's only 1% of America. So what the hell are you butthurt about in terms of, uh, in terms of what's going on here? Why are you so angry about Sean Hannity when apparently he's only hitting uh, 1% of America? Do you see this, by the way? Now listen, after having come up off with uh, a uh, little fun time over there at the Lemp Mansion last week, and, and, and with uh, Lacey Reinhardt and Lisa Kemp and all the rest of the gang out there, and Tim and Jenny and Mary and Michelle and the rest of the gang there, it was a ton of fun. And, and one of the people there... Uh, was a medium. You could otherwise m- maybe call Michelle a witch. I guess you could say they, there are people who will describe themselves as that. And and so they they walk through the place and they were getting this these these vibes. And you guys knew this whole story from last week. So I've actually uh, known a couple of uh, witches. Michelle is one, and there is another one I met, and uh, we were when we were talking to uh, to Cool Fire about this reality show. And then I, I, um, uh, I was, uh, having a lot of fun with these folks and even Becky Noble, who is a, uh, a Wiccan witch. She's a big listener to the show and I've known Becky for a long time. And I'm no expert on witches, but to my knowledge, uh, witches don't generally utilize their, uh, their, 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 talents to be to be negative they they generally don't use like for instance hexings and things like that to for 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 uh bad things but a group of 60 people gathered there in Brooklyn New York on Saturday and and, and they watched this small group of witches cast a hex on Brett Kavanaugh this was outside of some bookstore in New York and the group of witches uh they were uh some of them some of the people were wearing antifa garb and that kind of thing and, and and i'm sorry but uh the 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 witches that i know wouldn't have anything to do with these political animals in any way shape or form and certainly don't occupy themselves uh hexing people i mean i know i do know that there are individuals who will hex somebody, uh, and uh, there are people who will – there are witches who will do that. If, you're, if you have uh, negative energy and you are a bad person, uh, they'll, they'll do that. But, but generally, they don't get involved like in politics just for the hell of it and, and put a hex on Brett Kavanaugh. That doesn't sound like the witches I know, and these are – some of them are real witches, and I, I'm I'm a little surprised that this this happened. Anyway, this is what was going on there in the New York, and these guys were all in this Antifa garb and stuff like that. And generally, yeah, sometimes you'll get a little music playing, uh, and 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 and. and i don't think these are the witches these are singing these they're singing amazing grace so those wouldn't be the witches but inside this bookstore And so, so this person is now deciding she's gonna she's gonna talk a lot about else to
3: do. But then to go to Satan to, to,
1: to, 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 to hex. Like I want
3: to have a conversation.
1: we will have a conversation.
3: No, but I don't want to be filmed. I just want to ask you well, ask questions.
1: We're doing a live stream,
3: so <laughs> you can ask us later if you want. That's <laughs> 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 a bad mojo going on there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, inside of this bookstore in Brooklyn.
3: Like hex nails in a coffin. Um, do you think that inside your establishment that you're a co-owner right now, that people are gathered um, to promote the concept of harm to Brett Kavanaugh? That's sort of what it would look like to the outsiders observer. Well, I
0: think the idea of
5: symbolic harm is something that has been part of the political demonstration
4: forever. Have you know?
0: Of
1: the in <laughs> so so really they're comparing it, and the sound is t- terrible on this. I don't know why these people just can't uh, figure this out. Uh, but but the guys talking about inside the bookstore and what these witches are doing is no different than uh, burning someone in effigy or doing that kind of thing. But I will tell you, and again, I don't know every witch in the country. I don't know every little aspect of witchery but it's been my understanding that witches don't generally just simply gratuitously do things like hexing or whatever and and so I'm I'm kind of defending witches at this point because I don't really believe that 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 that, that that's really kind of uh what generally witches do now you guys might No more and you guys might think that i'm crazy because i'm defending witches but i'm just telling you my experience with witches is not that they love to uh in any way shape or form just simply throw around their powers or uh and and they certainly don't do things uh symbolically that's just the little i know in the short time i've been able to know uh the haunted stltours.com people that have a couple of witches on board as, as m- little as I know, it's my understanding that they don't just simply gratuitous. They, they won't like hex a baseball team or they won't hex, you know, um, uh, a restaurant or, I mean, you know, they generally are very serious about what they do. Even if you don't take them seriously, I am here to tell you, they generally will be uh, a little more serious about, uh, about what they do. And to me, the idea of hexing, Brett Kavanaugh doesn't make any sense. At least some of them on the witches I know, they don't use their stuff. The minute you start using your powers for evil, they that the, apparently they will blow back on you. It's like a it's like a it's like a uh, no no when it comes to to the witches. Speaking of no nos, how about the no 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 no. That's going to be coming on the 7th of uh, November. Now, Chuck Todd is on, and he's on with uh, Peggy Noonan and the rest of the gang and Katie Tour and all those folks. And, oh, are they struggling. Oh, do they want a big, bad blue wave so badly they're just going to actually pretend like uh, it actually is a blue wave happening.
6: The continuing mystery that is not a mystery is how a president and an administration can have what is essentially peace and prosperity or economic growth and no new wars and still be struggling to get to 50 percent, which in the approval polls, which, if you can't, is a drag on all of your people.
1: It's interesting how Peggy Noonan is is in is mystified by this idea that how is it possible that a president who is presiding over a peaceful world, a president who is presiding over a strong, prosperous economy, a president who is enjoying a great deal of success, can't get above 50 percent approval? Well, uh, Peggy Noonan, I got news for you because – People are watching meet the press that 's why, and all you people do is hammer president trump it 's a friggin miracle that Trump is showing up as popular as he is in the polls, but again, the approval polls and the public polls uh, do 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 not matter as much as the polling places do, and we saw that in November of 2016, we're going to see it again in November of 2018, and that's how it's all going to roll. So Peggy Noonan and Chuck Todd and all these people can sit there and squawk all they want about their wishful thinking for the demise of President Trump. It's still not going to happen for them, and it's driving them crazy. This ought to be as any other midterm would go, generally historically, this ought to be a wipeout for Democrats. But the problem is, historically, presidents have gotten elected and haven't done much, and so you have the pe- or or they've done too much, like Obama did, and you had the pendulum swing in 2010, like it did. But generally, though, what President Obama was doing with Obamacare, that wasn't really helping the middle class anyway. That wasn't something that was helping a steel worker. It wasn't something that was helping a coal miner. It wasn't something that was helping a trucker. It wasn't something that was helping a white-collar worker who was uh, benefiting from the expansion of a small business. It wasn't helping the small business owner. None of that stuff that Obama did in 2008, 2009 was actually something you could turn around into victory for 2010. Same goes for all the other times. But in 600 days of President Trump's uh inauguration since his inauguration we've seen prosperity going through the roof we've seen the gdp upwards of four we've seen wages increasing all over the map we've seen businesses booming i was just out at discovery design truck care and manufacturing uh, in saint peters for the nick shore fundraising event out at at discovery design And you should see the expansion that they're doing there, but this involves Arrowhead Building Supply. Arrowhead Building Supply actually started a new company, Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing, thanks to the booming economy. And now they are expanding Arrowhead Building Supply. You should see the place out there. You know where we had our our Radio Free Almond rally uh, in June, where you all were parking and standing right now is the site of a gigantic building structure the brand-new Arrowhead Building Supply headquarters, and they've already poured the, the, uh, the, the foundation for a house that's going to be built within Arrowhead Building Supply. It's a full-blown, real-life, giant, multi-square-foot house where you're going to see all of the Arrowhead Building Supply products in and in real life and see how it goes. This is only because of the economy right now that they are expanding. And, and, and again, Arrowhead is prospering because they're going to be newly expanding. But keep in mind, they had to have people come in and pour the concrete, build the house, build the brand new Arrowhead Building Supply headquarters. Everything they have done uh, is employing yet another group of people. So you do one massive project like this, and I don't even know how many millions of dollars they're spending. It seems like it's a lot. Because boy, you go out there—that entire lot in front of Discovery Design Truck Care Manufacturing—is taken up by rafters and building supplies and things that are being going to be used to build this gigantic building, um, and it is uh, pretty, pretty amazing what has what has happened here. And so uh, that's a result of of a, of a budding economy. So of course. You're going to have people – in the first 600 days, just even if you look at it from a peaceful – peace and prosperity process um, have been amazing. And that's why we're going to have another humiliation of the left and the Democratic Party now. They might squeak a little bit out of this caravan if something bad happens, like if if suddenly some little kid winds up in a – Detained or something with his family they'll'll they'll, they'll milk that forever, but Americans have stopped listening they've made up their minds already, and so November's already over. We just don 't know what what the result is going to be, but it was just like in in November two thousand and sixteen we people had made up their minds uh, that fall uh knowing everything they needed to know before going to the polling places. Once Hillary Clinton opened her big, fat mouth. And decided that she was going to uh, um, d- to do uh, a situation where where she called everybody deplorable. That it, the election was over then. Uh, so that's 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 where that is at right now. Anyway, so Peggy Noonan is is confounded by this idea. I'm surprised with all the great things that are happening. That Trump isn't at above fifty percent. It's because of you, Peggy you and your goons over there at meet Mystery the press
6: is how a president and an administration can have what is essentially peace and prosperity or economic growth and no new wars and still be struggling to get to 50 percent
1: which because people like you are obsessed over president trump's personality you're he's living rent free in all of your brains you can't stand the guy personally peggy probably because he reminds you of your daddy or something but but you can't stand the guy uh and you can't stand the fact that he tweets and wins and and that you're just being, you're proven wrong every day. You can't stand it, and so invariably, that's what happens. Is that you know, uh, Trump? This is a, this is a personality thing for most people. For most people, especially the betas out there, they can't tolerate a strong personality. They don't like it. They 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 want a puss like Ben Sass. Running around, they want to go back to the Republicanism of Ben sass and John McCain, and to and to the and and to the Democrat uh, whiners like Pelosi and Schumer, and they want to, they want to go back to those days. Peggy Noonan and and the guys that meet the press want to go back to the days when they could control politicians, because politicians are in a situation where they are they are. Uh, uh, always trying to curry favor with the news media. And when you have a politician like President Trump who doesn't really care what the news media says and, in fact, goes directly around the news media in his uh, tweeting and everything, his fireside tweeting, they can't stand that because, because they're struggling to get anybody to listen to them. They don't have control over you. They don't have control over President Trump, and it's very frustrating, which is why you get these hacks like Don Lemon and others who have to call him a racist and a xenophobe and a this and a that. It's why you have Max Boot and Ben Sass all going crazy. Why you have Ben Sass, who's, who's obsessed with Sean Hannity, even though by Ben Sass's own uh, calculations, Sean Hannity only reaches 1% of the population. So why is he such a big deal to you, Ben? Because Ben's a beta. In Hannity's an alpha. Ben is Ben is a, a is a born bred beta, and and hasn't lifted a finger in four years after tricking the Tea Party into supporting him in 2014. Hasn't done squat. He's like Jeff Flake. These guys haven't done anything in the U.S. Senate to change either the way the Senate operates or to uh, or to or to uh, to to improve the lot. Uh, he does vote with Trump. He has voted. I mean, Flake did too. I I get all that. But they they don't do much except give floor speeches and write books complaining about President Trump. That's kind of how things are rolling. But anyway, I'll get past Peggy Noonan here and move on to the uh, approval polls.
6: Which, if you can't, is a drag on yeah, all just, of yes. your people. Yeah. It just is a, the central fact, I think, of the That's coming election. you accept
7: standard political gravity. And I don't think you can do that with Donald Trump. And I, and I do think that there is an argument to be made for people telling pollsters one thing but believing another thing. And I think that...
1: That's true, Katie. Even the blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, Katie Tour. And you just did. Because I will tell you that when I was ever asked and sometimes I was uh, asked in a uh, you know whether it be in, in the Republican party sending me uh things to ask for money or whatever um, i 'd always lie and to any stranger who would who would call on the phone or do whatever i 'd always lie and say, oh yeah hey um yeah i, I uh i i 'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton all the way." Just to just to trick him, just to just to just to mess with him because I didn't trust him anyway. So I'd always tell people I was voting for Hillary Clinton if, if they were strangers. Obviously, I wouldn't, wasn't saying that to you guys. But Katie Tour's right, and I, I think she's thinking that people are saying they're going to vote Republican, but they're really going to all vote Democrat, and there's going to be this miraculous blue wave riding in on Katie Tour's unicorn. But that's not going to be. Uh, I'm not going to that's not going to be happening.
7: We should be wary of this going forward. I mean, it just feels a lot. And I hate to be Debbie Downer for for Democrats or for any or for Republicans or for anyone um, or for the standard messaging, I should say. But it, this feels a lot like 2016.
1: Uh huh. Does it now? Yeah, it does, Katie. You know, Katie Torres is, isn't the worst person in the world, uh, but I don't think they like to hear what she has to say here because it does feel a lot like 2016, doesn't it now? And isn't that a beautiful, wonderful feeling? It's such a good feeling to feel that way. It's such a good feeling to feel that way. Such a happy, I can't remember the Mr. Rogers song. It's such a good feeling, December, November 16. It's such a good feeling.
7: Feels a lot like how everyone was talking in 2016. The Democrats are going to win. It's going to be a landslide. Donald Trump's going to pull down all Republicans. There's no way they're ever going to win. And, and it just, when you go out and you talk to people on the road, they talk about health care a lot, yeah. but they're also not necessarily talking about it when you talk to a variety.
1: They don't like her on the set of Meet the Press. This is a minute 11 in. There's still 2.10 to go. or Another minute to go. What do you think the outcome of Katie Tour's reality check there is going to be.
7: People, how much they hate Donald Trump.
1: You know, Peggy, I want to point out one other thing. One of the... um, They're just going to ignore... Okay, Katie, uh, thank you. Don't say anything else anymore. And let's go to some other people who are going to bash Donald Trump and pray for the blue wave. Thank you. Missing pieces of analysis in 2016
4: that we didn't surface in time. Um, that I think would have helped us understand the election better, which was uh, where people were leaning that didn't like both Clinton and Trump. And he won those voters two to one. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to put this graphic up. These are people that don't like either political party right now. In September, the, the split between what do, who did they want to be in control of Congress among people that were negative on both parties. So this
1: is, this is a graphic that shows, uh, and this is, this, it's so convoluted, this whole thing. But anyway, uh, they polled people who didn't like either party. Right. But decided uh, that that the question was, yeah, but if you if you wanted, if if you even though you don't like either party, which party would you rather have in control of Congress? So this was this was them uh, desperately trying to squeeze water out of a rock here. So they came up with a poll. Stay with me now a poll that shows congressional preferences among people who don't like either party. So it was kind of like, yeah, but if you could have one party in control of Congress, which one would it be? You're like, I don't like either party, but if you, if you could, if you just, if you had a preference over who you'd rather see controlling Congress, who would it be? I don't like either party. Yeah. But just take a stab at it, will you? And apparently, they did take a stab at it, and you know was
4: advantage Democrats, but narrowly forty three thirty eight uh look at this number here in October <laughs> among those that are negative on both
1: that's that's the biggest crock of crap I've ever seen well, it's not not the biggest one I've ever seen, that's so but narrowly so, 40- so so in 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 Chuck Todd in has political a political party right now in September. Chuck Todd had a – says that the people who were negative to both parties, among the people who were negative to both parties, 43 percent wanted Democrat control of Congress and 38 percent wanted Republican control of Congress on people who were negative to both parties. Again, I don't know uh, how how this whole thing – the genesis of this entire thing – that I don't know, but uh, but then he goes on t- from September, and this is a month's time, right? From September, 43% Democrat control, 38% uh, Republican control among people who don't like either party, then on to uh, the, the miracle of October for the meet the press people.
4: In September, the the split between what did, who did they want to be in control of Congress among people that were negative on both parties, was advantage Democrats, but narrowly, 43-38. Uh, look at this number here in October. <laughs> Among those that are negative on both, it is suddenly a an open break here towards the Democrats, 59-17. Sure. Yeah,
1: okay. So now, so now, of course, by the way, the the closest we ever got to a 59% number was actually the number of people who approved of the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh, which according to one poll was like 60%, which is... Hugely high, but this number, this is a number that is as unicorny as it gets. So, this is what they're they're throwing up there. They say among the parties that are negative to both, the people that are negative to both parties, uh, congressional preferences: forty three percent want a Democratic control, and thirty eight percent want a Republican control. That was in September. Suddenly, you move to October, and fifty nine percent of the people who don't like either party want uh, democratic control and 17% want Republican control. I mean, that, that's, that number is completely, in my opinion, completely an invention. There's no way you have that kind of split. And by the way, for people who don't like either party, they seem to sure like Democrats. So who are these people they're polling I mean, this is it's just is it's unbelievable. But boy, do they they're, they're going to take that's this that's what we saw with Donald Trump,
4: Peggy. It was narrow in September, October came, and the ne- the ones that were <laughs> negative on both broke heavily towards Donald Trump.
1: Oh yeah, so now he's saying it's the opposite here in October, and that's just basically pie in the sky. Ocasio Cortez, uh, how's she going to do? Well. She's come up with a new thing. I don't know whether you guys have heard about this yet, but she has a uh, – that, that, that she wants um, a goal of 100 percent renewable energy to fight climate change. And and she says that there's only, there's only one other thing in history that resembles this kind of urgency. So – fighting Nazi Germany. She says that us to fight climate change requires the same urgency and mobilization of the U S as we did to fight Nazi Germany during world war II. And again, uh, obviously Nazi Germany was something that we uh, should definitely be, uh, be fighting. Uh, but the idea that you've got people who are Democrats who are, who are insinuating somehow that climate change has that kind of urgency when scientifically it hasn't even in any way, shape, or form been proven that man is the sole cause of it? That's your Democrat party right there. You've got fr- a bunch of fringe people except you have, you have certain media outlets who are not buying into any of it. A Santa Clarita Valley uh, newspaper known as The Signal – this is in California – Said on Sunday that it's endorsing incumbent Republican Steve Knight. This is a this is a congressional House race, people. Okay, and and the and the Santa Clarita Valley Signal said we are endorsing uh, Steve Knight, Republican, over Democrat challenger Katie Hill in the 25th congressional district there in California because she refused to stop people from agitating and, and, and bullying the newspaper. Fed up with bullies, we endorse Steve Knight. So it's basically saying, you know what? We've been pretty good to this Hill chick in our coverage. And, and they even admit to spiking negative stories on behalf of Katie Hill. And, and yet Katie Hill and the gang... Decided they were going to continue to attack the signal because they didn't agree with everything they they believed in. So the Hill campaign basically uh, had this person who was um, masking themselves as a concerned citizen, and so uh, they attack the newspaper the publisher his family the editor all those kinds of things uh using a cyber mob which i have experienced before the cyber mob and the, and the uh and the uh the fake accounts and all those kinds of things and they just absolutely went after these folks and said you know what screw you we're not going to bow to your bullying and everything else and we're going to go ahead and endorse the Republican in this House race, which makes a big impact on people, believe it or not. I mean, newspapers sometimes, especially in smaller kinds of, uh, like a Santa Clarita Valley, they, they have an impact on people. They actually do uh, tend to have an impact on people. Much like you'd see with uh, the the mob that attacked Hillary Clinton. Now, I don't know who these people are. These are these are uh, people who are uh, apparently uh, they're they're anti communist. Okay, and so they decide they're going to uh, harass Nancy Pelosi as she walks into an event, uh, and they were chanting communism. They were really potty mouthed too. I mean, it-
0: they said,
1: lit. Pounding on doors, wearing Make America Great Again hats. And something about this doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Something about this isn't really, in in my opinion, uh, true to me. There's something fake about this whole thing. You don't
0: belong here, you fucking communists. Get the fuck out of here.
1: I mean, that's horrible language, obviously. And I don't think anybody ought to be subjected to that. And if it's real and they're doing that to Nancy Pelosi, I don't think it's right in any way, shape, or form. I think it's, I think it's a horrible thing to do uh, to somebody, a politician, whatever, that's not America. Uh, and, and And we've seen the left do this constantly and and so uh this one little snippet here with Nancy Pelosi seems kind of out of the blue, off the grid and totally inorganic and it doesn't really uh make a whole lot of sense to me. Now again, I'm not making excuses for these people. If they are make America great again people and they and and they are uh anti communist or whatever, uh and, and they're real and one guy mentioned, oh, we're the Proud Boys. You know, that. that's the conservative uh, group that's come under attack from Antifa and those kinds of things. But it doesn't seem like it's real to me. It seems like it's people pretending they are actors. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is even Nancy Pelosi and the Democratic Party trying to kind of pretend to level the playing field. See, we got attacked by mobs too well, you're a mob also and i'm make america great again is a mob too it's like yeah that that's, that's only happened one time right how is it possible that the one time uh that this happens it first of all gets a ton of publicity and actually it uh it it actually is one of those things where uh it finally got ben sasse to talk about angry mobs 'Cause because uh people could be getting beaten outside of Trump rallies and eggs thrown at them and yelled at in restaurants, and Ben Sass won't talk say a word. Kind of like when it, when he when he wouldn't say a word when Bill Maher used the N-word. The guy's as weak as, as it comes. But yeah, he um it finally got Ben Sass to talk about the mobs when, when it happened to Nancy Pelosi. Again, I don't want to be uh, if this is real, then it's horrible. Uh, you shouldn't do that to anybody. But if it's not, and I think in all likelihood it's not, because it's, it's the only time we've ever seen this, then uh, it's typical of what they do. It's kind of like the person who brought the monkey. Remember when Barack Obama was running in 2008, and uh, somebody brought a monkey to the uh, Sarah Palin rally? And every, and the media zeroed it. all. Oh, that guy's got a monkey. That must mean they're mocking Obama. Turned out the person had no affiliation at all with any Republican in any way she performed and was apparently part of some left-wing group. But they decide to kind of astroturf the whole thing and pretend that there's something that they're not. So, yeah. And Nancy Pelosi hasn't condemned these people either. I'm not saying that that's why she deserved it. But keep in mind, Nancy hasn't been all that uh, sympathetic to people who were attacked by mobs. In the meantime, we had the situation with um, Mitch McConnell, who uh, was in Louisville and he was uh, dining with Elaine Chao, his wife. And by the way, she doesn't take too much crap. But this is how the whole thing went down in the in the restaurant. Long. Tmz sold the you know, tmz. Oh. Why don't you get out of here? Why don't you leave? Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Dead. You could see Elaine Chow, McConnell's wife. So McConnell's just sitting there, but Elaine Chow is like giving this guy an earful. You can't really hear, her, but uh, his wife, she did the same thing a while back when somebody ch- kind of chased him around a uh, into a into a SUV. She actually went around and started yelling at the uh, at the people who were yelling at her husband other customers are telling him to get the hell out of there and you know it's it's nice to see people standing up i'm gonna
6: sell it to tmz
1: (laughs) (laughs) and some guy walks up i think i guess he's an employee of the restaurant but you heard her say i'm gonna sell it to tmz actually she did sell it i didn't know that T- TMZ will pay for it but but uh, but Fox is going to pay for
0: it.
1: Yeah, But this is the kind of thing that happens all the time and it doesn't get any attention from the Ben Sasses of the world or the uh, left wing media or anything. This happens all the time. It's happened to Mitch McConnell twice three times already. And, 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 until it happens to uh, until it happens to uh, a democrat like Nancy Pelosi uh nothing nothing to see here folks nothing to see all right and the latest Missouri US Senate race poll uh and these polls are odd because i don't i don't uh i i i if you're if you're 1 percentage point ahead of somebody in a poll you're kind of uh dead even here uh but but nonetheless, let's just – for the sake of entertainment here, there's a poll uh, by Reuters, and that was in October, early October, October 10th, that had 45 percent of likely Missouri voters supporting Hawley, 44 percent supporting McCaskill. Then on Sunday, uh, the New York Times released this piece uh, about Hawley – uh, and problems that they've had while he was under watch as Missouri's attorney general. Um, and they describe his office as turbulent and uh, brief, uh, costly for state taxpayers, whatever. But that didn't seem to matter when it came to the uh, latest Missouri Scout survey. Now, the Missouri Scout survey is interesting. Uh, first of all, it's a, it's a local poll. It's a Missouri poll done. It's not by some group outside of Missouri. And generally, it's been pretty accurate, the Missouri Scout poll. And this was conducted uh, the 17th through the 18th. 1,215 likely voters. uh, Weighted to match expected turnout demographics for the election. Margin of error, uh, plus or minus 2.7%. That's a pretty small margin of error. And... This is basically showing that uh, she's still one uh, percent. He's still one percentage point ahead um, of of Holly in this in this poll. So we've they've got forty seven percent of Missouri voters say they support Holly. Forty six percent say they support his Democratic challenger. Did I say? Did I say November seventh? Is it November sixth or seventh? Oh, six. Okay, I kept saying I kept saying November seventh. Sorry, I want to make sure you guys you guys vote. Don't 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 take my word for it. Just make sure. At least I'm at least I'm. I don't want to make you too late. I thought he said the seventh. That's why I stayed home on the sixth. It's like nah. You guys don't listen to me. That that uh, precisely. Do you (laughs) know? We are live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios, people. That's what we're all about here. We're going to follow up on the uh, 5,000-strong chicken train you see coming towards the USA. Some folks saying that this is the... uh, of individuals from some of the most (laughs) violent countries on the planet. But does that actually aid in their defense? Maybe. I really think it's... uh, an important thing to uh, weigh it out but even if they were in one way, shape, or form seriously fleeing violence in those countries you still have to go through a process you still don't just walk into a country that's just not how it works and so there still is a process that you gotta go through in order to get into this country. And one of the ways you do that is you seek asylum at the consulate that happens to be in your country. So, like, for instance, if you're in Honduras... I'll get this in a second, though. But if you're in Honduras, you... uh, with a, with a 94.7 per 100,000 violent death rate, which is gigantic, and you want to flee that, you go to your consulate there in a... Uh, in a... Uh, in Honduras, like a U.S. embassy there in Honduras, and... You seek asylum at that point. That's how they do it. It's always been how they do it. If you want to be a refugee or whatever, that's that's how you do it. You seek asylum at the place because that's how it goes. That's the way to do it. You don't caravan to a country. That's not how we do it. President Trump's saying he's going to go right down to the uh, border with the military and either just seal the border once and for all and take care of it that way. Good for heaven. He's a commander-in-chief. He's had a compelling interest in uh, making sure that we protect our borders and do things the right way. How in the hell did this thing get to be 5,000, by the way? I have no idea. They keep on piling on. I think as of, as of Thursday, it was like 1,200, and then it goes into uh, Friday, then Saturday. Suddenly, it's like um, 5,000. Jim was telling me at some point that they'd headed it at 7,000 people.
0: Wow
1: where are all these people coming from and and they're all giving them water you know on the way here here's some water well can we live at your house no go up to the u.s and clean barack obama's hotel bathroom who's gonna clean the hotel bathrooms who's gonna put that chocolate on my pillow who's gonna feed the dog while i'm gone If they're seeking asylum, they need to go through the proper channels. Speaking of going through the proper channels, folks, how about your insurance? Are you actually one of those individuals with an insurance company that. That, uh. And Mary saying it's up to 10000 now. Wow. Huh. Oh, you guys are talking about t shirts. Yeah, people hate hate the Dodgers. You hate the, Do- the Dodgers, the official World Series team of the. Uh, yeah, people are to, you know, Matt's got better t-shirts because you guys are pit, butt hurt, ass hurt because you don't like my Dodgers t-shirt. That's why. My thank you Vin t-shirt. Thank you Vin, Vin Scully, one of my favorite broadcasters. Not as much as I like. Uh, not as much as I like jack buck or anything else but uh, yeah this is my thank you Vin, t-shirt because uh, because i'm a dodgers fan for this world series go dodgers screw you boston red sox i've hated you since 2004 when you wiped the floor with the st louis cardinals the year aiden was born So if you don't like it too damn bad, it's the Los Angeles Dodgers all the way. I watched this. Uh, I watched this. Um, this documentary about the Kirk Gibson story, which is great. And I hate the Dodgers when we play them. Like I can't stand those guys. Like that guy with the red beard. That guy drives me nuts. And Puig drives me crazy. But if they were ever on our team, I'd dig it. I'd get that red beard guy on our team. They uh, they had the um, the Puig hit a home run yet last night, man. You don't like him. I can't stand Boston. I just can't stand. I can't stand the Boston fans. I can't stand Boston. Uh, they're they're an entitled bunch of people. But I was watching the Kirk Gibson documentary, which is a great story. Kirk Gibson was kind of a he's wasn't a wasn't a nice guy generally. Uh, but but it, because the, they were he's a very he's all business, you know, all business guy. And so he. Uh, he got to the Dodgers and they played a joke on him and at Kirk Gibson, uh, where they put the black stuff under your eye thing in his hat, and he had wound up having the black stuff on his forehead. And it turned out it was a Roscoe. Yeah, Jim Josh Turner, Josh Turner is awesome. And I love LaSorda, Margaret. Too bad for you. I have I have a I have a I have a signed baseball, Tommy LaSorda. I love that guy. Would have loved him to be our manager for a while. But um yeah so Kirk Gibson uh so he, Kirk Gibson demanded before he played again to have a team meeting where the person who played the trick on him was divulged. Yeah Paula, Justin Turner. He's pretty cool. I mean Paula, you know what? You know you know who Justin Turner you know um Natalie Justin Turner is Natalie's favorite player. She calls him Redbeard. <laughs> she loves the guy. But I'll tell you one thing, when we played him, I couldn't stand the guy because he was drove me crazy. But, but that's that's the thing. You, you can't stand people who are sometimes really good. But uh we had the uh, we had the people who were uh, So Kirk Gibson is on there. And and so he, they do have the team meeting, and uh, uh, and they have the oh Margaret, calm down. They they, they it's, it's I'm talking about the Boston Red Sox, the people in Boston. Gee whiz, calm down. But so they have the uh, Kirk Gibson. So they have the team meeting, and Orozco is the one who is uh is is the one who they divulge. As the that. So so they they have this big meeting, this solidarity meeting. And, uh, uh, and, and, and and they do, do, do go through this whole thing. That's the beginning of this 88 season. Of course, the worst part of the whole thing is I have to listen to, like, why they interviewed Rob Reiner is beyond me. Because I can't stand Rob Reiner. And so when Rob Reiner was talking about how he loved the Dodgers, that kind of made me. Nonetheless, so Kirk Gibson, so the the entire season is crazy. Kirk Gibson winds up injuring himself, and then that's when he's in that final game, when he's behind the—when they go to the World Series. He's behind the—he's, like, in the clubhouse. Lo and behold, they pull out Kirk Gibson. He can't even—hardly even walk. And they pull him out, and he hits a home run. Uh, After a steal of second, he hits a home run, and the Dodgers win the pennant. It's crazy, man. Anyway, interesting team, love their ballpark. I've never, I've never been out there, but I love the look at it. Is the palm trees out there and everything else. So I love the Dodgers now. So go Dodgers. What's am I'm talking about? Oh yeah. The uh, Matthew Mitchell All State agency, 855, quote me. I don't know whether you guys uh, know this, but if you have an insurance policy, whether it's car, auto or life, car home or life. You realize that you really don't have to. Uh, you really don't have to, in any way, shape, or form, adhere to that policy. All you, all you have to do is uh, have Matthew look at your policy and say, "Hey, um, you're really paying too much." for this your premiums are too high your deductibles way too high and Matthew can give you low deductibles and low premiums all at the same time which is pretty cool because when you're in the insurance business uh, insurance companies make their money by having your deductibles sky high because you make a claim they don't really have to pay you much they're taking your money but then they're not paying you a whole lot when you make your claim so uh you have a um, you have a situation where you uh, you get Matthew in there, and he'll look at your thing. He'll look at your your uh, insurance policies, and uh, at that point, uh, you'll go ahead and sign up with him. I guarantee you, because all you got to do is see that he's going to give you low deductibles, low premiums. Because Allstate's an agency that actually has a lot of money, and uh, and, and they have wiggle room. How they can, they can do that for you. Low premiums, low deductibles all at the same time. 855 quote me is the phone number for the Matthew Mitchell State Agency. Thank you to Santino Cigars and Cocktails too. I hope to see you guys down there eventually. I mean, I'm going to pop down there. The holiday season's fast approaching, so they've got a very festive atmosphere down there. And if you're looking for uh, the gift of uh, cigars or tobacco, I got that for you down the line, all over the joint. So we also know that ultimately, you guys are going to uh, see a face-off at the border there, and these guys are all punching towards the U.S. border. And now, right now, let's see—it's the it's the uh, twenty-second of October. I don't know how long it's going to take for them to get actually to the border. I don't know what their path is. I don't even know where the hell these people are coming from, really. I don't know how they keep piling up. And and first it's 1,200, then it's 2,000, it's 2,500. Then suddenly it's 5,000 people. Then suddenly it's maybe 7,000 people. One of one of the people that I'm I'm still amazed about is a woman who whose kid just had heart surgery at, at, at her country of origin. And I don't know what country it is. I can't remember what she said or what whether it was one of the Central American countries, but she had her kid just had heart surgery. And then she hit the road to come to the USA. I'm thinking, so what is it you're fleeing? I mean, it seems that your child is getting adequate medical care where you are. So where, 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 are you, where are you exactly going, you know? What are you doing? All we ask for is a, is a proper vetting of people, that's all. Nobody's asking for these people to be imprisoned or uh, shot by rubber bullets or whatever. We just want a process, I think, that's the least Americans can expect. And I think President Trump is actually uh, getting some support, believe it or not, from even some Democrats. Because a uh, case was on earlier, and normally he doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But this time he did. He said uh, this could look like a disaster for the left. And I'm thinking, huh, that's interesting you put it that way because I was thinking maybe the exact opposite. And that would be uh, – that, that that would be – what like the right is talking about in terms of um may, well I was thinking well maybe the left is using this as a way of uh, trying to exacerbate the situation hoping per, for instance maybe that uh, we have that moment you know where the uh, uh where where the poor Central American is putting like a daisy in the gun barrel of a National Guardsmen or a U.S. Army, although President Trump says I'm not sending the National Guard, I'm sending their actual military down there. Although the National Guard is the military, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and and so uh, we'll have those, like those moments. So uh, for for those of us who are who've seen this storybook before, we're thinking, man, this doesn't look like it's really gonna it's really gonna pay off. It's gonna really gonna work out. It's gonna be a disaster and heaven forbid somebody from that group of 5000 uh starts uh, uh some kind of riot or some kind of something and then suddenly you know we're off to the races and we've got some some physical confrontation down there on the border and uh and you know it, it, you don't really want that to happen you're because it's going to look bad well it appears at the left if you listening to Mark Markation although sometimes he's even more askew than the left is. Listen to Mark Kaysen, um, The left has some fears about how this is going to turn out too because because all this will do is remind Americans of the lawlessness of the Democratic Party. Now, again, uh, I I don't know whether this is funded by George Soros or the – uh, Democratic Party or what have you. Uh, I I don't um, I don't know you know what what any of this is. I don't know what it's what it's about. So um, I I can't tell. I'm not I'm not going to say that this is you know the Democratic caravan or whatever. But part of me believes, and I disagreed with Mark Casey about this. Part of me believes that uh, actually. This is not such a bad thing for the Democrats because if there's a confrontation, it's going to look bad because the media is not going to report this negatively towards Democrats or the left or uh, people who want a stronger immigration policy. There's no way the media is going to do this. Already, we can't even get the slightest bit of reporting on who these people are, or what these people want, or what it is. They all look like they're and they all look like they're uh, uh, going to a World Cup game for crying out loud. They've got, they've got their, their polo shirts on, and everybody looks pretty well taken care of, and they're being escorted basically through city to city by people. Hey, here's a water. Oh, can we have something to eat? No. Here, take your water. Get out of here. Go to the USA and, and, and clean Barack Obama's uh, hotel room. But, I mean, other than that, I, you know, there's, there's hardly any kind of reporting on who these people are. And we're just kind of supposed to accept the fact that uh, that you know, wow, you know, um, this is just a group of five thousand people, and most of us are going really like how did how did that whole thing come down? Where did this come from? What's the what's the deal with you people? How did you pull this off? Like, where are these people coming from, and how did they? How are they getting to where they're going? Are they are they walking? I don't even know, I don't even know what the hell they're doing. They're just appearing through these cities and 5,000 of them walking to the USA. What, What are they doing? I don't even know, uh, you know, who's, who's, uh, taking, taking them, who, who's escorting them. And certainly, apparently they don't like Mexico. And Mexico doesn't care if they don't like them because they don't—they're not—they want to stay in Mexico, which is why, to a certain degree, President Trump, when in, on Saturday, I think, kind of prematurely thanked the uh, the federales there in Mexico, because once they determined that they weren't wanting to hang out in Mexico, the federales go, okay, keep going. Anyway, this is President Trump on Saturday talking about the uh, federales.
3: I just want to say on behalf of the American public that we appreciate what Mexico is doing. Uh, They've really stepped up, and uh, it will not be forgotten. I would call in the military, and I would seal off the border. I would close up the border. If that happens, and if that continues to move forward, the caravan we're talking about. You have some very, very bad people in the caravan. You have some very tough criminal elements within the caravan. But I will seal off the border before they come into this country, and I'll bring out our military, not our reserves. I'll bring out our military.
1: Yeah, I'm sure – here's the deal, though. <laughs> I will tell you, I'm not going to nitpick on President Trump because um, just, just as, a, as a point, and, and a, that's okay. Uh, the National Guard and the reserves, they are the military just, just in case. Like my, Like my son, Ethan, was an Army reservist. And he was over in Iraq, fighting in Iraq, and turned twenty in Iraq over there fighting. And he was a reservist, and uh, he was in the military. I know what President Trump is saying, so that's why I'm not going to be one of those people who just nitpick it. Well, you know what's wrong? You're saying the reservists aren't the military guy. I think he is, but what he what, what he's saying is that he's bringing in the people who are on the I, I, front. I don't know what I don't know exactly. I think he's probably just means the national card. I don't know, but some people in the military might say, hey, uh hold on a second here. I'm a reservist. What the heck is going on here? You know? Uh yeah. So we'll uh we'll we'll see. Anyway, um really uh think that ultimately there are and and you could go to uh, did I put I didn't put that up there for you uh from Breitbart. But there are there are four different ways that this immigration expert uh, says that you can deal with uh, this migrant caravan, and in in the future deal with them as well. Uh, Jessica Vaughn, she's a director of uh, policy studies at the um, at at the Center for Immigration Studies, and she points out that there are uh, four different ways, solid ways you can deal with this situation. And and the number one is president Trump just mentioned is close the border. And that's something that you can do in, in the short term, uh, in 85, Ronald Reagan, who's being quoted by the way, uh, as a, um, Uh, by, by this Max Boot guy. Oh, I want to go back to the days of Ronald Reagan, when he was liberal about uh, the policies and he was liberal about this. And and I want to go back to the days when Ronald Reagan was, uh, well, let me play it for you. I'll show you, I played this earlier and and I'll do, uh, I'll I'll talk to you about how, uh, what, when, when, uh, when Max Boot talks about how, uh, In the end, let me just find it here. Hold on a second here. Um, Let me see. I can't. Let me see if I can find it here. But he's interviewed by the uh, by uh, Brian Stelter. And let me let me find him. I'll find him because you need to hear him. Um, Here he is. Hold on. So Max Boot is interviewed by Stelter on, and and, and I'm going to have to go through a commercial here real quickly, and then he's interviewed by Stelter and and Boot decides that he's going to uh, – Liposuction talk. is not a weight loss procedure. That's okay. It's I know liposuction. Told- I know all about liposuction, yeah, Dr. Thomas Wright. Thank you very much for telling us all about that. So Max Boot is on Stelter's program, and he pulls out the usual thing that never-Trumpers always do. It's so predictable, and I don't want I, I to rehash too much of what I did uh, last time around but max boot decides that he's going to pull what every never trumper does this, the, the and and is first of all of
4: this, is it is it demagoguery
1: how would you call use- you a xenophobe and call you a nativist and call president trump all those things and then first of all and then also promote his book but then also he does what every never trumper does and you know what um the uh the, uh, the this happened in my infamous uh the infamous fight with Chris Steyerwalt back when I was at the old station and uh, Steyerwalt I had said early on because we were talking tariffs and I said before I even interviewed him I talked about these Republicans who constantly bring up Ronald Reagan and they're usually Republicans in their 40s the Jonah Goldbergs of the world or the Max Boots of the world or the Chris Steyerwalt's of the world who actually didn't even have a driver's license when Ronald Reagan was 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 president, and really only know what Bill Kristol tells them, or what what the National Review they read in the National Review. These guys are empty suits and anti-intellectual on the Reagan issue. So uh, I said they always bring up Ronald Reagan because you know he's the king of conservatism, right? But Ronald Reagan was also a voracious person when it came to tariffs and taxes he would he would he would put tariffs even on clothing pins that's how rough Ronald Reagan was on trade and cuz he believed as any conservative should that f- free trade if it's not fair isn't free that's just the bottom line so Uh, we get into that situation where, uh, where we know what the situation is here and, and free trade isn't, isn't free if it's not fair. Ronald Reagan got a lot of criticism for his, for his tariffs. He was, he was taxing, um, Japanese motorcycles to defend Harley Davidson, all kinds of things he did, some of which actually did help the economy. But make no mistake, Ronald Reagan was not one of these free trade globalist guys like Mitt Romney and, Max Boot and Jonah Goldberg. He just wasn't, or Chris Steirwald. So don't keep bringing him up as, a, as an example of conservatism. So Steirwald decides that in, this, in this conversation that he's going to actually bring up Ronald Reagan, and I jumped on him right off the bat. But they always do. And here's Max Boot. Check I it guess. out. It is demagoguery, Brian. It is also,
5: I believe, racism and nativism really pandering uh, to the fears of Trump supporters and Fox News viewers who tend to be older, white uh, males who are alarmed about this supposed invasion of dark skinned mm-hmm. uh, newcomers coming to America. Yeah, I mean, the, the threat is off. entirely bogus because, in fact, Border crossings have declined dramatically in the last 18 years, down 80%. There is not this massive army of, of illegal immigrants, and these people are not even illegal immigrants. They are refugees who are seeking
1: legal By the way, I, I've already discussed this and broke this one down, but I'll tell you again. Uh, Max Boot doesn't know who these people are. He has no idea who these people are. Max Boot has been sitting in his mahogany wooden office and he doesn't, he doesn't know squat about who these people are. He's watching CNN like everybody else out there. And he has no idea who these people are mission to the united states what this really underlines to me brian
5: is how the republican party has changed in my lifetime Uh Mm -hmm. this is something i write in my book oh his book yeah of course you do erosion of conservatism how when i was growing up in the 1980s (laughs) the republican party was basically pro-immigration it was a conservative party with a white nationalist
1: fringe all right so he says the 1980s so i guess i'd like to know where max boot was in 1985 you know how uh, what happened in 1985, The you know, Max Boot talking about Reagan in the 80s. I grew up in the 80s uh, watching Ronald Reagan. Did you, did you miss Max Ronald Reagan closing the southern border, shutting down the southern border because of all the uh, Mexican drug cartels, the criminals there? And you didn't hear anybody saying, wait a minute, you can't shut that down. They're not all criminals. Well, it didn't matter. There were were criminals, and they murdered uh, Kiki Camarena, who was a DEA agent. And at that point, Ronald Reagan had enough. He goes, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, everybody coming across this border is a potential murderer, and I'm shutting the border down. Max Boot must have forgotten about that. Or maybe, maybe Max Boot. You were what? Uh, here, let me see. I'll, I'll actually do the calculations here. Let me just look up Max Boot and see how old he was in 1985. Okay, let me see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 1969. So, uh, oh darn it. You know why? Why does it have to be 1969? Okay, 1969, 1979. He would have been ten. And then uh, six, he was 16 in 1985, Max Boot was. He was 16 years old in 1985 when his hero, Ronald Reagan, shut down the southern border the last time the southern border was ever shut down. And it just proves my point, people. Uh, These guys who you're listening to who are the never-Trumper types, the Ben Sasses of the world, these other guys, they're babies. They have no idea what Ronald Reagan was about. All they know about Ronald Reagan is what they've talked to each other during their circle jerks about. That's about it. Max Boot doesn't know squat about Ronald Reagan's border policies or anything else. And he doesn't know any more than Jonah Goldberg does, than Ben Shapiro does, than the National Review does, and George Will does, than Bill Kristol does. And by the way, George Will hated Ronald Reagan also. But again, uh, the last time the border was shut down was in 1985 when Max Boot's hero, who I guess isn't a nativist now, uh, Max Boot's hero, Ronald Reagan, closed down the southern border – just in the off chance that some of these people were murderers. Southern border completely shut down 1985. That's one example. You can, uh, one thing you can do to, def- to defend against this caravan. Uh, number two, she says, uh, you can refuse bogus asylum claims. So, uh, th- there are possibly economic reasons, uh, that they are fleeing. But she points out that the media isn't even trying to pretend these people are fleeing for anything other than economic reasons. Uh, the Washington post, New York times have all described the motivations as uh economic reasons. Even the woman who had a kid who had open heart surgery is apparently fleeing for economic reasons. Now, uh, we don't know, though, why. Some of them might be coming uh, because of economic reasons, and if that's the case, uh, then we need to figure out whether that's really cause for asylum, whether that really is something that uh, that is a reason for – if you're just coming here to flee Honduras so you could make Barack Obama's hotel bed, that's not an adequate reason to give you asylum. It just isn't. You could just outright refuse – this is number three – refuse entry to migrants and send them home. She said uh, if they come in a big group, they could shut down the border, but what we're going to see is a breaking up of these people and people end up getting through individually unless the president takes more bold steps to say, look, I'm stopping this. These people aren't getting through. We're not accepting their asylum claims because they're bogus. And and if these people do have real live uh, asylum uh, claims, asylum claims, they should go to the consulate. This is number four. Uh, the people who have supposedly legitimate asylum asylum claims must go to the consulates in their countries or embassies in their home countries, not the U.S. ports of entry. Uh, basically, what you do is you you uh, you can do that. Send them back, go to your U.S. Embassy in Guatemala or Honduras, talk to them about coming here, and we'll figure it out the right way. This woman also recommends, and she's a, uh, she's a, uh, just Jessica Vaughn, Director of Policy Studies at the Center for Immigration Studies. She also recommends uh, that essentially what happens is um, th- they should just simply leave them at the Mexico border uh, and, and, and deny them entry to the U S and have them wait in Mexico while federal authorities process their anticipated asylum claims. Seems really easy to me. Seems really simple to me. Uh, and, and, and so what happens is uh, because you can't do it after they come to the country, you can't let them in and then try to process them after that because uh what would happen is you would uh, uh then it, it, it doesn't it, it the the numbers prove that a lot of these aliens fail to appear before immigration judges once they're here so uh you can't just simply have them here and then uh then then simply Give them a piece of paper and say, "Okay, uh, thanks for coming, but be sure you show up at the uh, at the at the appointed court date, or you're going to be in trouble." These guys rarely show up at the appointed court date. That's the problem. You have to detain them at the border if you're going to do anything at all. Uh, make sure they don't come in, and then at the uh, at the. You know, the people who are the more desperate cases who clearly have some kind of uh, need, whatever, uh, take care of them, but take care of them behind the Mexico border until you can figure out what's going on. This is no way to run a country, and it's no way to run immigration, that's for sure. Or migration. See what happens. Of Good and the morning, everybody. Thank you very much, my friends at Discovery Design line, Truck Care and Manufacturing for Don't all of your me awesome in. support. Let me be by in the DDTruckUSA.com. To the the Thank trees. you to Eric DePuty, depudi wellness Wellness, your place to go. Don't fence, me in. Don't fence me in. Your place to go for. Just Holistic medicine. I'm talking about pain relief. Doesn't involve addictive drugs. Help for ADD, ADHD, PTSD, back pain, all that stuff. Dr. Duputi has his new place out there in Chesterfield. Great people out there. And of course, also up 55. 55. HootieWellness.com. Thank you to Golden Oak Lending. Golden 567 Gold. 314567 Gold. It's your free mortgage checkup. You're on the way. Jimmy, thanks, buddy. She's going to plan that uh, November happy hour. We'll get that taken care of, man. Santino Cigars and Cocktails right there on Vogel Road and Arnold. Thank you. Nutrition HQ and rocks. thank you. Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrakefree.com, and Matthew Mitchell, Matthew Mitchell, also agency, 855 me. thank you, Rick and Tracy Ellis. Tracy Ellis, tracyellis.com, for all of your groovy home selling, home buying, business selling, business buying, I've got a phone number here. You call me, me, I'll set you up directly with them people. Find a darn number here. Here it is. 314-309-0704. 314-309-0704. You call me at that number will hook you directly up with them. Rick and Tracy, they'll handle your home sale, home buy, business sale, business buy, all by themselves. So their staff is great, but this will get you in just directly with them. 314-309-0704. That's the number. Have a good rest of your day, everybody. RadioFreeAllman.com.